Hello, everybody, and welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David, and I'm joined with Gaius. And for the first time, we have our very first special guest, Ryan from SpinRack. How you doing, Ryan? What's going on, guys? All right, so Ryan's joining us today to discuss that little DC movie that released this week, Wonder Woman. And because of this, this discussion, we'll be talking about little topics within the movie. There will be spoilers, and this discussion will be heavy on spoilers. So if you want to skip ahead at our show notes for for the exact time, you can start your spoiler-free Real Chronicles there. So now we can get into this little DC movie that might have saved or brought some hope into the DCEU. Did we love Wonder Woman or did we like Wonder Woman? I personally loved it. Gee, where are you at with Wonder Woman right now? Do you love it or kind of like it? It was really, really good, actually. Right. I surprise. I loved every second of it. Every second? Yeah, like there were like okay, I'll, a little exaggeration. There were seconds so I'm like, mm, okay, okay, but very very small small things like that nitpicking. No, that yeah, thing. I I found with this one, I was more nitpicking at things more than obviously the very blatant editing in Batman v Superman and Enchantress and Suicide Squad. I. I was I can admit now and I've said in previous episodes I was a prisoner of the moment with Suicide Squad, but now looking at it, I watched it before watching Wonder Woman this week. And okay. my god is it flawed. Gee Wait, did you like it when you first saw it? Movie, you know, it's fun, Gee, when I saw it, I thought I liked it. I guess I was more like into Harley and Margot's performance and I thought Will Smith was so good. And I didn't hate the Joker like everyone else did. But as I watched it the second time, probably the, by the third time, I was like, oh, this is not that good. I think the first 30 minutes of the movie are solid. No, like, absolutely. It felt like it, felt like it was going to be like really, really good. And I was like, all right, this is going in the right direction. And then it kind of I think apart. for me, I don't know <laughs> if it had, I know Ryan loved it, but I know for me, gee, like my biggest issue with Suicide Squad is right when you finish the intros and we find out that Enchantress is the villain of the movie, I'm like, Oh, so you're going to give a Justice League job to the Suicide Squad, who no one's supposed to know, but like this group is supposed to save the, is going to save the world, and people are going to know who they are by the end of it. So in my head, I'm like, shit. Uh, they cover that at the very end with the scene with Bruce Wayne and Amanda Waller, who I have to say, the one, what's her name? Viola Davis, who plays Amanda Waller. She nails Amanda Waller. I will be like that. I think she's one of the most underrated in that movie. Viola Everyone's Davis. Seen- destroys everything she does Viola yeah, Davis she, is, she can read like the phone book and make it yeah I love Viola <laughs> Davis so getting into Wonder Woman now Ryan um, made this little statement last <laughs> night when he saw it that gave me the idea to invite him on here today Ryan you said Wonder Woman is better than the Dark Knight explain alright I want to say, I said this before, and I, was, uh, and I said this, and I'm going to do a cheap plug here. On my show spoilers, on my page, uh, page spin racked, um, at first I was caught up in the heat of the moment. I said it was better. And then two seconds later, I'm like, you know what? Calm down. It is on the same par, at least. It is right there with it. I'm, right. going, to say, I'm going to say even. I'm going to say it's a tie. So I loved wonder woman and g you said you it was very good i don't think it's anywhere near the dark knight and i don't know if you think the same g or because i know we think a little differently on the dark knight no i mean i i don't think it's on par with the dark knight i mean the dark knight's perfect 
I mean, like start to finish. Yeah, I'm with you. I can't, I can't find anything in that movie that I'm like, oh, I don't really like that, or they could have done that differently. Like, it's one, like it's perfect from start to finish. I that thing Wonder Woman. I I did, I really liked it. Um, but I, like I told you off the line, like I had issues with the like the typical like you know superhero climax, like the whole like special effects heavy conclusion that's in pretty much every superhero movie. But I mean, I guess that's just me being nitpicky. I think my biggest issue, if there is issues, is the same problem that takes away any discussion for me from The Dark Knight is that the villain is once again underdeveloped. Yeah, we know it's Ares, but it's why do I care about Ares? I don't care. Like Ares is this story is about Diana. And to me, that's it. Ares is just a villain guy that Diana is going to take down at the end. And to me, I don't know if you agree, Ryan G, that he never really posts posts any threat to Diana. We know that she's going to conquer it all anyway, because you know that eventually this is in 1918. So we eventually get to where we get to Batman v Superman. But I don't think that there was any development to the villain. As opposed to where we get the Dark Knight and we have, to me, the greatest performance by a villain in a comic book movie of all time. And we get two villains that are very well developed because I think Harvey Dent is extremely underrated in that movie and is extremely well developed. So that's where me to me that discussion ends because in the Dark Knight we do see the uh Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne. We get him his struggle with his relationship with uh Rachel and what he's going through with that, and we get Harvey Dent and we get the Joker. So right then and there, to me, that disqualifies any comparisons to the Dark Knight because there's no, you know, there's no development of these villains in any comic book movie, let alone Wonder Woman. Despite how much I loved it, right? What do you? What's your counter to that? Um, the only I will say it gave me interest in someone that I, you know, like all right, not to quote, kind of go off, but like in say Force Awakens, but uh, it, it gave me. What they wanted people to have with Captain Phasma, with the, I can't remember her name, the gas chick, um, the one with the messed up face. I wanted to know more about her. And I hope that she did survive, because right? they didn't show her dead or alive. And I hope we get like, maybe something in the future with her, because she is a, like a Z grade villain. Like, That's I, what, looked her- I was actually going to ask you that because I don't know. I don't know too much about the. I had to look it up. Okay, I'll so be- I didn't. What, is she in the comics? Yeah, she is. Okay. She, but I'm, it's funny because as. Um, I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, all right, are they going to allude to Cheetah at all? Or, um, like, the gigantic woman? Like, are they going to allude to any of that? And that was actually my biggest problem with it, was it wasn't <laughs> enough fan service where you could have at least teased, you know, Cheetah. You could have teased that the Indian I... guy, Apache Chief. Because that's what, like, first time I saw him, that's what I thought was he was Apache Chief. Like, if they give us that, take all the money. <laughs> See, my thing is, I'm, I'm with... My personal opinion, I don't know if, G, you agree with me on this. The fact that this was a singular film and it wasn't trying to connect any dots is what I felt worked strong. It was a strong Oh, it definitely did. I love that they didn't really try to be like, oh, like, let's throw this in so we can, like, you know, connect it to a future movie that we're doing. Or, like, those two scenes that kind of started and ended the movie where it was, you know, the present day scene. And I thought they were perfect. Uh, It was fine. Set it up. Ended up just fine. I thought that was great. Like we didn't, like, we all didn't you really need needed. anything. We didn't need anything. We did. We. This is their first shot at ex- at giving one superhero, one hero, 
their own story. And I think they did it perfectly. They didn't worry about anyone else but Diana Prince, and that's it. They did that with Man of Steel, though. That was only on Superman, except for that one scene at the very end with the Wayne Enterprise. Everything else was all about Superman. Oh, Man, Man of Steel's of... not good, though. No, I agree there. <laughs> I, I, else I never defend Man of Steel. Yeah, Man of Steel. <laughs> and you know what? I, it's funny because I, I like Henry Cavill as, as Superman, but he just has some terrible luck with like these movies. <laughs> are with you... all of... <laughs> well, I like Man from Uncle. You don't like Man from Uncle? That was all right. Oh, <laughs> I liked it. But as we get into more spoiler how did you feel about the relationship between diana and steve perfect perfect too. i thought it was good they had really good chemistry absolutely i thought it was great chemistry my favorite scene with them would probably be the one on the boat when she's trying to explain to diana like <laughs> about sleeping together i thought that was so... yeah, yeah, yeah. and she was great i thought she was perfect i i yeah. she she plays that superman 78 innocence that clark had in, in and that original Superman, and she does it so well. And you see, like, her innocence at the beginning as to, and when she really realizes how man really is, I right. thought it was done perfectly. Those were all my favorite scenes in the movie. Like, all of the kind of, like, fish out of water stuff they yeah, did with her. Was so, like, so all that well stuff done. was perfect. It was, like, really funny. Uh, just her reactions, to, even though her reactions to things that were, like, silly, and then her reactions to things that were, like, very serious, like, played really well, too. Like, her not really understanding, like, why some of them were behaving the way they were behaving, like whether it was how they were dressed or like how they talked or like how they handled situations within war and like how she just didn't get how they can be cowards at times. Like I, she really played all that stuff really well. And Let you, me ask you guys. Yeah. Do you guys now agree with, cause I, I'm not sure what you guys felt like when it was first announced. I know I was on the edge. The fact that it was world war one, not world war two. I'm I'm, I was always happy that it was World War One because not only because of, hey, we don't want the comparison of First Avenger. True. Right. But also, we don't want. There's so many World War Two based movies already. Let's just, you know, why want to hear about World War One? Let's, even if it is a superhero movie, let, let's put that time frame in a superhero movie or in any movie. I want to hear about it. I want to see what's going on. And that kind of leads to, like, the end of the movie, too. Well, we'll, we'll discuss that a little, a little later with Steve. Like his final decision, which a lot of people are saying that I've and a lot of friends have contacted me about this that they're saying that's a little too cheesy. The end. It's oh, but a, it was it was fine for I, like it worked within the movie. Yeah, I I thought it was fine. I I'm not even gonna lie. The end made me tear up a little bit because I really like Steve. I fell for Steve, and it made yeah, me tear pretty, up a little. I was bit. pretty bummed out. Like Chris Pine made that made that character completely likable. Can we I say- kind of knew, knew it was heading that way, and I like I was actually like my friend was tapping me on the shoulder, and she was just like, uh, "Are they really going to do that? Are they going to?" I was like, "I feel like they are. I hope they don't, but I think they are." <laughs> it's funny and- because he's been around for. It seems like in the comics, their relationship is always on and off. So I yeah. guess they had to. They had no choice anyway because any other Wonder Woman after this seems like it's going to be in present day anyway. Yeah, because right. you gotta figure you don't want the same. You don't want to do have to redo that scene that they did and i what was it civil, civil war, war where captain where agent carter dies and you're just like yeah you don't want because then everyone's like oh they just did that scene you're like no let's just kill him now it's gonna suck people are gonna be upset but it'll work. <laughs> did you like did you see that twist coming of who aries really is because i, I did oh you did i actually did not <laughs> see did, that coming yeah. i didn't see that coming at all like when he, i thought maybe the uh 
Matt, again, I wasn't sure if she was an actual character. I thought maybe the Madam Gas, whatever her name is, I thought she was going to be Ares. Like, I'm like, all right, he needs the thing. He's not Ares. She developed something for him. So I'm like, maybe it's him. So, like, when he just shows up like that, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, he was, he was a little too lurky in a couple scenes. And I was like, there's something up with him. <laughs> like, I kind of figured that he'd be involved somehow. I thought he was going to be that cliche guy that, you know, is like the rebel and the army that decides to help the other rebels you know i thought he was the cliche character but when i saw him be that he was aries i was like oh okay that's not bad at all and right you're more of a comic book reader than both of them gaius and i how did, do you think they handled uh aries i when he got in the aries armor i just i almost jumped out of my seat i'm like yes like i like i'll be honest like when it comes to Wonder woman books i only own like maybe like a couple issues but like i play the injustice games and i you know play it and i've seen you know so many of the wonder woman anime movies so i have a feeling of how especially and i used to be a huge fan of uh the kevin sorbo hercules so aries was my favorite character there he's my favorite character in the wonder woman thing <laughs> <laughs> so to see how he was treated i'm like yes and the armor was sick I loved it, but I was kind of hoping that the devil from Reaper was going to be Ares. I was hoping, but when they did that twist, I'm like, right on. I'm going. I'm going to call out Gaius. I know Gaius. You're a Xena Warrior Princess fan too, right? <laughs> no, the, the, the other girl. <laughs> <laughs> the other, the other, the other, the other girl that like slays vampires. I'm more of a fan of her. <laughs> uh, well, what's her name again? Bu- Buffer. Buffer. What? Okay. <laughs> her name's Buffy. Oh, okay. Buffy. Buffy. <laughs> God, you know what? It's a little, little known show that was on for seven seasons. I don't, I, I don't remember. I, I think it was a little <laughs> popular, right? It was a little popular. <laughs> it, was, it had it had its time. Um, I think too. I don't know if you guys agree with with me on this. I think that the color in the movie was a nice, nice new thing for the DCU. Did you did you guys feel like the movie had more color as opposed to anything with Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad? I felt like <laughs> it's exactly how I felt like the scenes that needed color, like them, because if you gave a dark Themyscira, then I would have been pissed. But you know, Themyscira, nice and light, and but then like when you get to the final scene, when you get to this war and it's dark, like when they were walking through the trenches and seeing everything, they were going to the trenches and everything. I almost teared up. And it was perfect. Was, they did the lighting very well. They used dark when they should. They, they discovered like, they uh, discovered a color palette, and that's something that has been missing. <laughs> so, gee, you're you're on the same boat with that? Or? Yeah, I'm on the same boat. I, I actually don't mind when films like that are dark if it's necessary. Like, it, if it feels like it's like it, that's the way it should be, then I'm totally fine with it. Like, I had that issue with Man of Steel because I really think I really felt like with Man of Steel they tried to like kind of dark knight it a bit, like making it like kind of bleak and dark and i didn't really think that was necessary it doesn't feel right for the character but that's just my opinion no i'm with you uh but mm-hmm. with this i thought you know like he said when they needed when it needed to be vibrant it was when it needed to be a little darker it was like the, every moment they've kind of composed perfectly and i think it- and i think too the fact that unlike the other dc movies except um probably in man of steel when they have that fight uh in smallville the, the fact that the scene on No Man's Land wasn't during the day was a nice bit of fresh air. Yeah. And you saw, I think she has her iconic moment when she just walks up those staring costume for the first time. And you just. How about the Wonder Woman song, by the way? Well, that's actually going to, that was my next uh, topic of discussion. I think 
the score was really well done, but her theme, I think she goes into line into the lines of John Williams' Superman theme and Elfman's Batman theme from '89. When you hear that theme, you know who it belongs to now. And I think exactly. that, and I actually think that's so important with developing some of these superhero ca- characters in terms of creating a theme for them. Like I don't, I don't know about you, but I love Hans Zimmer and I love the Dark Knight scores, and uh, we've discussed this on an earlier episode. But I think that Elfman's Batman theme and Bat March is superior and sets that character with that theme. Mm-hmm. As with Williams' Superman score, as opposed to Zimmer's Man of Steel, and now with Wonder Woman, I think she has her definitive score, her theme. So whenever Wonder Woman ever makes a movie, you're going to have that theme that's going to be exactly. Wonder Woman. I don't know if you yes. agree with that, G. Because I know you love the Dark Knight uh, sound uh, score. I do. I do love the Dark Knight score. Uh, so you know what's weird is that I didn't. So her theme is in Batman vs Superman when they when they when she's in like the big yeah like, the big battle scene the with whole them. clusterfuck at the end yeah and I didn't like it then it felt really weird and out of place but I liked it here really okay yeah like it, like I don't know if it felt weird and out of place because the whole ending felt like a clusterfuck to me like it was just a lot going on but like it felt like kind of jarring and unnatural in that movie but it actually felt like it fit really well in her own movie I thought. It, was a really good score and it, it is very identifiable to her and that's what makes it really good too and now yeah we... i liked it more here than i did in batman here's a question does her score in this movie take away from the classic from the tv show because when you hear that song you think but now is that going to be the new thing that you that well to, Woman... to me you know me i love you know i love batman very very much i mm-hmm. think that that 1966 batman theme is a thing of the past, even before, maybe a little bit even even before Elfman, because you're already, you know, I think people were tired of that Batman by 1980s, and they wanted something different. So the fact oh. that we got that, I personally, and you're probably gonna knock me on this, and gee, I don't know if you were a fan of the show. I've never seen an episode of Wonder Woman, and I only heard the theme to that show yesterday. <laughs> really? So I, I grew up with the show. I I watched it like when I was younger. Like who, that's the only familiarity I have with that character too. I head, I'm I'm like, in my head, I was watching. I'm like, who is this lady in this blue diaper? Like, <laughs> yeah, but it was cool then. <laughs> and where, where is her sword? And why does she just have a yellow rope? And where's her? <laughs> I'm like, where's does he, she use the invisible, invisible plane at one time? So I, I don't know if she's in the show. Do you I don't think? So. And I'm glad they didn't go full in on everything in her mythology too because then we have more to look forward to with the next wonder woman film which which also adds that patty jenkins might be signed up for the next two so that it said that patty jenkins wants to do the next one and she wants to do something with the jet it's already been said even before the movie came out so that'll be it that'll be good to see do i love i know they talked about how she wanted to do them but i have they really talked about like that's like what the studio does the studio want i mean they probably do now i think oh my god they definitely do now but I think what I the last thing I read was there is in talks for confirmation. Probably I wouldn't shock me if we hear it tomorrow when the final when we get the final numbers because right now it's projected at 101 million, so that's a big big uh, accomplishment for Jenkins. But I think what I what I read yesterday was that they're definitely in talks for a sequel. 
And they want Jenkins to direct the next uh, at least two or three more DCEU movies. So it might not just be Wonder Woman. They might give her another project as well. That'd be awesome. Have her and Whedon oh. come up for the Birds of Prey movie, the Batgirl movie. Well, I mean, Whedon is already doing the Batgirl movie, so that's... Uh, is, are they doing... Is the Batgirl... I'm a little confused. Is the Batgirl movie also going to be the Sirens movie, or is it going to be two separate things? I think it's going to be two separate things. I think it's two separate things, yeah. yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. Does you have her do the siren, the sirens movie? I think that would be really good. I think the female touch would help with that. Actually, honestly, I think that was a lot to. I know, like, I she was a big reason why Wonder Woman was as good as it was. Like, and right. she probably deserves a lot more credit than. I mean, I'm, I'm sure she's getting a lot of credit, but like, she deserves a lion's share of credit for, in my opinion, finally making one of those movies work. And here's, I wrote in my review this week, and. I don't know if you guys feel the same as you guys watched it. It wasn't man hating at all. And I no, not no. one bit. And that's what a lot of people and it and it surprised me of like hearing this. And I'm like, it's only doing good because it's going to be one of those man hating movies. And it's uh oh, it's because a woman's directing and they have like a, uh, an agenda. And I'm like. What, what agenda? They're promoting <laughs> yeah. a comic book movie in the most popular genre in a film right now, and the most mon- you know, the highest grossing genre in film. Why wouldn't you promote it? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it yeah, was. No, like I, I did not. You I didn't see it either. Like to me, it was female empowerment at the forefront without hurting the male chauvinist in the process. Although the only, I will say this: the only time that I can only like if I'm trying, I'm trying to put my head in their head. The only way I can see it was where, you know, in the very beginning where they're telling the origin of man. It's like, oh, well, man destroyed, started destroying the earth. So then they had to make females to keep them from destroying. Yeah, I I see. I see what you mean. But that's pretty much it. And that's like you nitpicking. I don't even think that's something. Yeah, exactly. Trying to, you know, you know me. I'm like, okay, I can see their point. But that's the best I can do there. (laughs) And I love the fact that it was not only an action movie, not only an origin story, but also as a love story. Because oh, yeah. it it's I don't it didn't bring the tears that Logan did because I I think I don't know anyone that wasn't bawling at the end of Logan. Did you, did you, did you ugly cry during Logan? I <laughs> uh, I I didn't ugly cry, but a little uh, uh, someone I know did. I felt bad that I didn't cry. Everyone I, I know a lot of people that saw it and were like, oh, I was in tears at the end of it. And I was like, oh, I wasn't, but it was still good. Like I like will never take anything away from it. It's a Welcome. really good movie. Welcome Jen to the podcast this week. She wants to give her two cents about Logan. Hey guys. So oh I my just, god, I ugly cried so bad at the, the end of Logan. <laughs> oh my god. No, but it just like it was so good. It was more than like it wasn't a Was comic. it so good? Oh damn it. I know I say it so much. But it was. It was so good. I mean, the whole story was more than just like a comic book movie or your typical like I just felt like it was To me, I mean it was such Logan. a good drama, and I mean the heartfelt story between both of them, him and Laura, and it just like it, it tugged at the heartstrings. And I think that's like the second time I've ugly cried. The first time was for the second exotic marigold hotel, and I couldn't stop crying. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> have you seen I was that movie? Something else. I wasn't expecting that. Have you seen it? I have seen it. <laughs> oh my god! At the end, I mean, I don't want to. I guess if we're spoiling, so spoilers. Uh, Maggie Smith. Oh my God, she died. And no, she doesn't. She doesn't she, die. Okay, it leaves you up in the air, but essentially, like, she writes the letter, and it's like, okay, she's dying. So it's just, it got me. Like, I 
bald. I know Ryan would never see this movie, but gee, have you seen the second? He uh, saw it. He you said did he see saw it. it. Do you think she dies at the end? I got that impression. It's, Why it's am I pretty, the only one that didn't no, get that impression? No, it's pretty. I think we're gonna have to rewatch it, and I'll just have to like. Yeah, we're gonna go rewatch this this below, week, and I'm going to. We'll comment it's on inferred. it next week. It's essentially if, inferred when she's writing the letter and she like leaves the pieces for people, and you know, like I cried, but Logan. Oh my god, I couldn't stop crying. I think for like the credits were rolling, and I was just still bawling because I, I don't know. It just it got me, and I was like, no. But now they've like con- really connected, and 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 then that's it. And then he, you know, oh. So now I think, right? You haven't seen Logan yet, right? No, stupid work keep getting in the way. Yeah, yeah. you you will think to Fine, me. You have to see it. What are you waiting for? Maybe I will watch it today. To me, well, I'm gonna tell Casey to tell you. Logan falls into. I think Logan is Wonder Woman is the best DC comic book film since The Dark Knight. Logan is the best comic book film since The Dark Knight. I think Logan fall is right up there and probably Wonder, Wonder is Wonder Woman better than The Dark Knight Rises? I think it is. Ah, is it better than Batman Begins? No way! Oh, no way. oh hell yes! No <laughs> shot. I totally. Don't. I don't even think it's better than The Dark Knight Rises, but that's just my. Well, we've the, here. Here's I. Here's my thing, and Rye, you can ch- chime in whenever you want about DK. Uh, TDKR. Like Rises is to me is I. I'm a Nolan fanboy. It's very hard for me to ever say anything negative about Christopher Nolan's work. However, The Dark Knight Rises has little plot holes that I really didn't like, and the most glaring one to me. And I know, G, we've discussed this off air, and you said it's not a big deal, but when he escapes that temple or that hole in the ground Preston. he alfred is gone he has in the he's in the middle of nowhere how does he get home where does he get the money ba- to get home yeah he's <laughs> yeah i'm uh, yeah he's batman and i love batman i'm you know but how does he get how does he get home like and i'm su- i'm just supposed to believe he just randomly shows up and says hey catwoman hey selena help me out no man that's how a good get point back in the question how does he get back in time that's what I'm saying. Like, did he did he hitchhike? Did he get, did, did he like you know get smuggled on a plane? We don't know. At least in Batman Begins, we know how he gets back to Gotham. So it's one of those like, okay, I think Nolan was lazy with this one with that little bit of him. And I think he was stressing. I mean, stretching with this because from my from what I see as the Dark Knight finish, I don't think he was done with the Joker story. And I think the Joker was supposed to. Be Play a pivotal part in, in oh, the Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Yeah, I, I think so. So it's one of those. He was. I. I'm guessing he was supposed to start off in what is it? Blackgate? Is that what they called it? Yeah, I think they used. I don't think they used Arkham. No, I'm they honest. didn't use Arkham. So they Blackgate Prison. I think yeah. he was supposed to start off with there, and Bane was supposed to, you know, eventually right. get him out, and then we go on from there. So that's where I think that would, you know. That's where it suffers too, because I think he wanted to do something different, and I also think Talia Al Ghul was very weak in that movie. Oh yeah, I, I, I you know, what I love him, and this is just my weird sense of humor. I loved uh, the college humor version of that scene where she, uh, where she reveals himself. Have you guys seen that? No, I haven't. Is that on YouTube? No, yeah, I, probably. It's like because he's like he pretty much goes like, so wait, your master plan was to sleep with me. <laughs> like in the boy. long run like do you think like that was her goal or she's just like let me just get my nut off 
<laughs> maybe a little bit of both. You know, maybe like what can I do? Like I can't show any uh, like way of trying to push him away. So I just need to commit to the role in the role, I guess. But like I had so many pro- like you know like I I do enjoy Dark Knight Rises. Like do not get me wrong, but I don't know like Bane. Like I wish I'm all about Luchador Bane. So they gave me Batman Robin look Bane with his attitude, with the Dark Knight Rises attitude. That would have been the perfect Bane. And that that whiny voice of Bane. Oh, I thought way. I thought Bane was the first, the best part of the movie, though. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I love Bane in this. She, like, I don't know, like, she's... Because I never really call her Catwoman, but she has the ears that turn to goggles or whatever the hell it was. Like, I don't think but, I. I think I can guess that you don't like the realism of Christopher Nolan's universe. But I mean, I don't, I don't mind the realism whatsoever. But there, if you're gonna, but I mean, you can still have uh, Catwoman be Catwoman without it being full on, you know, freaking um, uh, how what's her name Michelle Pfeiffer became Catwoman. You can have a nice. Like I mean, like, I, and I'm gonna say it right now. My, with uh, the Dark Knight. Don't Joker don't was, say it. There was more anarchy than he was Joker. G, you're up. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> anarchy. <laughs> I can feel you're like a. G, <laughs> it's like I'm ready to explode after last week. Jen said. Heath Ledger's better in 10 Things I Hate About You over the day. Oh, yeah, that was the best one. That was I'm awesome. sorry. I didn't actually say that, okay? I just, <laughs> I, everyone was ganging up on me, and it just, the word better hey, slipped I, out, I and I didn't mean it. It's two different roles. Jeez, like, he probably I, is a little bit better. No, he's I, iconic. I, I, no, he's I, iconic I, in The Dark Knight, but you get introduced to Heath. In ten things I hate about you. I mean, that's where you fall in love with him. I mean, you definitely didn't fall in love with him in that night movie. That movie was terrible. A Night's Tale. Yeah. Night's Tale's great. Oh, I don't know. I don't really dig I it. I hope you're being sarcastic. Absolutely. <laughs> oh my god, that was with Shannon Sussman, right? Or no, something. I, I forgot it's her terrible. name. Terrible. Whatever. I didn't yeah. like it. So ten things I hate about you is like what introduced Heath, and Dark Knight is what brought him up. Brought him up to even more. It broke, broke ex- back, broke back, brought him up there, and well, then... yeah, no, I mean it was all around the same, but I, you know, so it wasn't better. Okay, uh, Oscar, Oscar question for Jen and Gaius: If he, Uh-oh. if he didn't pass away, does he still win for the Dark Knight? I think so. I think he would have won. I think he would have won. I, I, won. I, for sure. I, I definitely think he would have won. I mean, uh, he just he did that role. I mean, and there's and there's no. I look away, at those other five, and I'm him. like, oh. RDJ, I think, was nominated for Tropic Thunder that year. I mean, even Dave and I, the other day, oh, we were at Best Buy. <laughs> we were at Best Buy the other day, and they were playing The Dark Knight, and we like just stopped to watch, and it's a scene when he comes in with, with, with the all pencil. the gangsters are all around the table. They're kind of talking over like what to do about Batman, and he comes in, and he's like, he just commands the room, and he just... That's that's my thing, man. Like, he, I, right? He like, killed I, it I, in that scene among the many other. I've had, di- I've had the, the, the party scene too is like my favorite thing. With him. Yeah, you know what's so subtle with His him in that facial scene? Expression, everything. What like, what's so subtle in that theme in that scene is what that party scene you're talking about, G, is when he walks in, and then he, this could literally be a different take, but Ledger just goes rolls with the punches when he spills the drink and then drinks the empty cup. The empty glass. I don't know if yeah, you yeah. ever noticed that. I'm, I'm like, it's so subtle, but everything with that works so well. 
with just who he is. Great. He was great. Don't get me wrong. And the word Joker-ish, but in my eyes, his plot, his whole idea is more anarchy. But my thing is, with the Joker, and I've said this in every form of debate I've ever had about this character, the Joker is a multiple-choice character. Every time he's played on film, it's different. The Joker, Jack Nicholson's Joker is not... Gangster. There's no Jack Napier in the comics, Ryan. <laughs> There's no origin what? of Jack Napier. It's a different version. So then we get to Cesar Romero. We go back to Cesar Romero. I've never seen the Joker in any comics from the 1940s with a Joker with a mustache. <laughs> yeah, that does kill me. Especially so, watching a uh, surfing episode. <laughs> and then we even go and then we move forward past Ledger to where we have Jared Leto. He's probably my least favorite out of the four. No, I would say third. <laughs> he's better Romero. than Cesar Romero. No, <laughs> no, he's better than Cesar Romero. Romero's definitely last for me on that. Shout out to Alex DeMarco for that one. Um, <laughs> but Leto played a different Joker. My my thing is, like, I think people have this prisoner of the moment mindset that they want to rate and compare now Ledger to Leto to even Mark Hamill when we had... And Hamill destroyed that role in the animated series as a Joker. But every single time someone's played the Joker, it's been different. Ledger in The Dark Knight, I don't think his performance will ever be touched by anyone that ever plays that character again. There is no one that I think can do a performance the way Ledger performed that role. I will never say anything bad about his performance or anything like that. Like, oh, I like, and when the movie first came out and for couple of years after I did see it as Joker, you know, I, you know, I loved everything about it, but then I really dove deep into the comics. And that's when I learned about other characters and I learned about anarchy. Like I, I keep going back to it. And it just felt like, it felt like Nolan read an anarchy book and a Joker book and decided to use it to give it the bigger name. That's but, what it felt but like. But I also think, I also think, I don't know if it, if G, you think this is a problem. I think a big problem with certain comic books fans is that they're so intent on having a not a hundred percent but about 70 to 75 percent be directed from the comics from the actual yeah. books and that's, that's the biggest that's the biggest problem but see the, uh, i have a bunch of boss that hates I, like viscerally like hates all three of those uh nolan batman movies because he i don't know he like is a really big comic book fan and like if it's not like directly how it's supposed to be then like he rips it apart. So he didn't like any of them. Like oh, see, all. I, well, I just anyone going to to the main discussion, back to Wonder Woman, I loved how they handled her origin, how they used both origin stories in the movie and it made complete sense. Because it was a little lie that uh her mom told her about the maid of clay, but then you find out no, she's actually a god, she's the daughter of Zeus. But that's because this universe is trying to include certain aspects of the comics. I mean, we're I'm talking about more discussion to we we're talking about the Dark Knight before. They don't need to use no Christopher Nolan was trying to make a movie. He wasn't trying to just make a comic book film. And that's why I think those three work so well. So I mean it, sometimes there's so many book adaptation adaptations nowadays. Yeah. And I don't I don't see a, a not you in particular, but I don't see anyone that reads books. Like Jen is a big book reader. And when a movie is not 100% loyal to the book source, she's not throwing a fit. Look at The Shining. 
The Shining is a great film. Oh but man, it's not if a, only we could have my friend Adrian on <laughs> on this episode. Like, and I respect and I respect the writing, but this is just an Stanley Kubrick's adaptation of The Shining, and I think the film is fantastic. No, not I don't everything. Ha- hates it, though. <laughs> what happened? Stephen King is not a fan of no, it at he all. Hates uh, it. No, I know, but it's more of like what I'm trying to say with this point. It's just because it's not directly the 100% adaptation does not make it a bad movie or a bad character or a bad, you know. I mean, it really depends on the person, but I mean, at least for me, like, I, you know, if, when I find out that a book is being adapted into a movie, I usually, you know, I hope that they stick as close to the material as possible, but I know with certain things you have to take certain liberties and whatnot. And honestly, like, I love reading and I love the fact that I can use my imagination to think of, like, how a character may look like, you know, depending on the description that the author gives you. But, like, you kind of form it into your own thing. And then, you know, you see it on screen. So you're also seeing, like, the director's vision, the producer's vision, like, all these different people that go into making this film. And sometimes there are certain things that have to get, you know, left out because of time and maybe cost and you can't do everything exactly the same way. But then you have some movies that are great and adapted into excellent novels, uh, excellent books. I'm sorry, excellent movies from books. And... Then you have ones that are like just complete duds, and it's like, where did they even get any of this from? So, I mean, I think for the most part, about half, you usually have about half. Like, I feel like Gone Girl is a good example. Like, I think it followed the book pretty well. Gone Girl is great, but it's Fincher. Fincher doesn't do anything wrong for the most part, except Alien 3. But, you know, he had, and I also think um, think (laughs) Gillian Flynn wrote the script, though. For it, if I'm not mistaken, so that could also play. You know, when the author writes, I think the that script, has a lot to do with it. Like with the, the screenplay, with the, makes the perks of being a wallflyer. Perks being a wallflyer. I think that movie works so well because he wrote the book too. Like, yeah, you know, that and he directed has a lot it. to do with it and directed it. So that has a lot to do with. Yeah, absolutely. Those being pretty perfect. So my, my, I guess, I guess my bit of advice for like Rye when it, because I know he loves the source material, is just be a little bit more open, be a little bit more what? fair. Oh. You know what, I do. I will say this. I think this is maybe one for me, uh, one of the best reviews I can give. Now, when I read and Wonder Woman's in the book, I will hear Gail Gabbitz. Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I will hear her voice. Like, I hear Hamble's voice. I hear uh, Kevin Conroy's voice. But now, this will probably be the first live action uh, voice that will be adapted into my head, like when I read, because she personified Wonder Woman. Oh, well, not sure if you can curse us. You can curse. Go ahead. Do your thing, man. (laughs) She did. Like, she just made, like, no, like, she made me want to go pick up every Wonder Woman book. Like, I wanted to, like, invest in anything. I think you and Jen are on that same boat because ever (laughs) since she saw Wonder Woman, she's bought every single Funko Pop of Wonder Woman that ever existed. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm such a mark right now. Mark. I mean, I always liked I always liked Wonder Woman, but like the film just made it a hundred times better. And I'm like so happy that, you know, it it's getting, you know, it got great reviews. Patty Jenkins did her thing. Yay Gal women. Gadot looks like she looks exquisite <laughs> as yeah, yay women exactly, and she looks Gal looks exquisite as Wonder Woman. Like she's tall, her hair, the way they everything of everything about her is like you. It, she just she did the character, the, an iconic character, and she brought it to life. And it's funny so because well. were they up in arms when they cast her? Like were See, people that, like yeah, they were because. Yeah, but- 
Besides, she, she didn't do that, and she didn't do much. I mean, I know you love Fast and the Furious, G. Oh yeah, I was all about. I was like Giselle, <laughs> and in, <laughs> and in my in my head, I'm like, and when we spoke about it off air the other day, you're like, yeah, she, because I said she's beautiful, she is gorgeous, mm-hmm. and G, you were like, yeah, she was gorgeous in Fast and the Furious too, and I was like, wow, I forgot she was in that. <laughs> she was in three of them, <laughs> but she, she doesn't really like do anything. She, she doesn't really she do wasn't much. Like the leading lady up in the I guess not. I know I was like pretty side. bummed when they killed her off, and then no one in the movie seemed to care. Like she got kind of like Han cared, of course, but like yeah. everyone else was like there was so much going on that no one really said anything except for Mia. And they're like, oh, like where's Giselle? And I was like, yeah, you guys should care. Damn it! It was one of those. It, it was one of those throwaway scenes because when I was rewatching the franchise before Fast Eight, I was like, oh. Not only is Gal Gadot in this, she's dead. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't even remember she died. I was they, like, they, they did kind of like, it was like, it was a throwaway scene. And then I was like, dude, like, you guys are supposed to be a family. Someone mentioned it. And then finally Mia was like, oh, where's Giselle? I was like, oh, yeah, you know, she died. <laughs> now, Ryan, because I know, like, like we said it before, you're a big fan of the of B versus S. Do you think they should have just started with individual films and just taken their time? To get to ju- to get to an eventual Justice League movie, looking I, at how, looking at how great Wonder Woman is, do you think they made a mistake not doing it the right way? Well, I think in a sense they did because I mean you don't really need like we don't as much as you know I will watch anything Batman that comes out till the day I die, but we don't need another Batman origin. I mean yeah, it'd be cool. And it hints uh, one thing I did like is it hints to it tells us yeah he had a history. So that means the standalone Batman movie can either be past or after Justice League, and I can't wait to see which way they go with that. I can't wait to see which Robin suit that was. If it was Jason Todd, uh, which I think as probably everyone hopes it is, you know, he's going to leave. I think they're going to do what well, they're going to yeah, Sorry. What I think they should do is do Justice League, and I have hope for it because I sat there, and then I remember when the trailer first came out, and I wasn't as wild as I wanted to. But it looks maybe, terrible. Maybe it was now seeing it on the big screen and seeing those characters on the big screen and seeing it again, or maybe it was also oh, adding on. So I, you you got the trailer on your screening for Justice League? Yeah. We did yeah. you you got it? You didn't get it, right, G? I didn't get it. No. Yeah, I didn't get it either. I was actually thinking after the movie, I was like, oh, so they want everyone to leave happy. They didn't want to remind anyone that Justice League <laughs> is coming no, in November. I didn't, get, so, I didn't get Justice League, but I got Geostorm, which looks terrible. But what's Geostorm? It looks it looks like the day after tomorrow. It's just like a oh, I got that movie, and then I saw like it said from the producer of Independence Day. I'm like, of course. <laughs> we got two Marvel trailers during this before Wonder Woman, which is was pretty funny. I only got the I only got Spider Man. I got Spider Man and Thor for like the 97th time in the last two weeks. Oh, see, I didn't get any Thor. Oh, um, Thor looks so good though. Yeah, think, Thor looks so good. What do you think is going to be better? Do you think Spider Man is going to be better than Wonder Woman? Oh, that's gonna be. I I don't think so. I think it's I, this is a rough. That's a tough one. I mean, I, I, Spider. I, I I'm hoping it is. I'm hoping because Batman's in it, so that's a good thing. <laughs> you love Michael. I love. <laughs> listen, it's not just Batman. I love almost anything Michael Keaton does. So, Mister Mom. Like <laughs> I actually do like multiplicity. What? Are you hating on multiplicity? You like what's the other one? What's the one where he's a snowman after he dies? I, uh, Jack Frost. Jack Frost. You like I Jack love Frost? Mr. Mom. <laughs> I love do. Mr. Mom. Obsessed. And and lately, come on, man, Birdman, Spotlight. He's doing good things, man. I, I think. Love Birdman. I was Actually, out has anyone <laughs> seen Night Shift with 
Michael Keaton and Henry Winkler. It's actually pretty yeah. good. That is such a good movie. It's funny. Like I think Bat I think Batman. I think Michael Keaton will eventually be an Oscar winner and then he's going and he's going to say, "You know what? I have my Oscar. Let's do the Dark Knight Returns." And I always say this every couple of weeks and then he's going to make the Dark Knight Returns movie. <laughs> you you want him in another Batman movie? It's yeah. so bad. <laughs> I wonder what's more. You want uh him in Dark Knight Returns or me wanting Flash? Oh, I me, think... guys, and I have discussed this on our on the podcast. That you, your opinion on it? Flashpoint would be the worst idea ever if they want to restart a, a universe, <laughs> especially with the with the tone they set with the darkness. Because Flashpoint is a very dark movie, and how they could do so much with it, bring in so many characters. And, oh, I disagree. With it. I think it works well as an animated film. I don't think it would work well on the big screen. Like I, I. Yeah, episode of flash I yeah mean, that's they, a they, flash that's tv though here's my thing like i think whoa, 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 whoa. that sounded like dismissive of tv <laughs> i know that's, I, I, i'm not not dismissing tv at all but they have oh, 20 crazy, they have 23 episodes to, to to stretch out a storyline not two hours but they only did it in one episode hell yeah they only did it in one episode let me be <laughs> uh I'm no my thing my thing is with these certain characters is and it sucks because Marvel's been able to turn characters I don't give a shit about and actually spark some interest in me. Before, like Ant <laughs> well, Ant Man, I gave two shits about Thor. I, I, it's like I didn't. Get, I honestly, I was only a big Captain America fan even before the MCU started. So even with the Italian Red Skull, like back in the early nineties, I don't know if you guys have seen that <laughs> Captain America. Right? Have you seen that? No, I've been trying to find it. I can't find it. Anywhere. It is terrible. <laughs> so I love it. It is so like it's it's the way I love Batman and Robin. I like this Captain America. It's so awful, so bad. But I think certain DC characters should not be have their own movie. I don't get. I despite what like some Marky or fanboys may say, I don't give a shit about a cyborg movie. I don't give a shit. Despite I love Jason Momoa and James Wan, I don't really care about Aquaman right now. Like I don't, I care about the Trinity, and that's it. I care about Wonder Woman, Batman, and Superman. I would be okay with the Flash if they if, use if, the if cast. they use if they the use cast. TV show. Yeah, <laughs> that that's the biggest thing. Flash is doing so hot, and it's such a great show to me. But mm -hmm. it's not. I don't think it would be. It's. I don't think the Flash is going to be a good movie. I think that's the one that's in the biggest mess out of all of them right now. Yeah, they keep losing directors, rewrites. Like so, a, not a good look. Yeah, I would. What I would do is because you pull your DC, because DC has such a great cast of characters. I would love to see a question movie, a Last Boy on Earth movie. But that's uh, that's because you're a fan of the source material. You have to look at. But, a, I don't think a movie like that would make any money. The question would work. You do a, a noir type of question. He's such a physically interesting character because he has no face. And I think it would work. I mean, I would like to see them give Jonah Hex another shot. I don't see that happening. Guys oh, love Jonah Hex, actually. <laughs> right, G? Uh, yeah. You're uh, I don't, no, I don't know. I don't like that. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I want to play devil's advocate, too, because like you said that it probably those ideas probably wouldn't make money because no one really knows about them. But I didn't know anything about Guardians of the Galaxy like at all. But Marvel, like, Marvel had already set the standard of releasing quality movies so they're like why not give it a shot dc has is one out of three or one for four one, out, one for four so it's one of those like all right 
we have success with one. If they create a universe, then let's do it. But if, until we have more than one proven film, then look at, I mean, I, I don't think it's going to be that bad, but look at all the issues with the Batman movie coming. True. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of issues. And it's sad because I just want, I just want a good Batman film. That's all I want. So I think you got I think you got your perfect three and then that's I know, like, I know, I know. I think that should be failed. Well I, I didn't get a perfect I got a perfect three, then I got my my Burton verse, so to go back to your question though, David, like this kind of goes with the question. Like I say do the Justice League and then let each character, you know, maybe have uh, a tying person in each. So, like, maybe have a character kind of pop up. Like, how they kind of had Bruce Wayne in it, but not really. So, have it connected, but have each character have a movie. And then, you know, by, say, even 20, 20, 20, whatever, then you can go back. And then you have. I think after uh, Justice League, no more. I need, you know, individual stories. I, I don't need another Justice League, like, in two years. Once Justice League comes out, we just get let's get to what we need to get and build these characters, you know. And would you want a Justice League Dark movie though? No, I just want oh. I want individual stories right now. I, I mean, and please, or whoever the hell is directing Batman or doing Batman, I do not want to see another origin story of his parents getting killed. <laughs> Which Robin would you want to see if they do Robin? Jason Todd, probably. I would like to see Damien. I think that's too that's too much of a deep cut right now for Damien to get to the big screen. True. G, but do you know who Damien is? Or I actually do not. <laughs> Ryan, go ahead. Damien is the son of Bruce Wayne and Talia Al Ghul. And he was oh. made to think of assassins and then I forget how Batman finds out about him. I think like he gets in trouble or something like that. And then uh he just becomes Robin and so he Batman spends a lot of time trying to get him away from his League of Assassin training and get him to be like, look, you can use your skills, just don't effing fucking kill. <laughs> I think well, I know that. Yeah, it's a, it's that's a deep cut with the with the Robins if you're not You know, I, I wouldn't I know you I keep uh sorry to keep cutting off. I uh wouldn't also mind seeing a teen titan. Because you know what, especially that's what Spider Man's getting is a lot of the teens. That's why I keep hearing like a I lot feel of like that would work actually. A like, T tie in, I think a T tie in would work too for because it, it has a larger and you put that it would we give it a PG rating just to get more kids in, probably, right? Uh, wait, I think you can get away with PG <laughs> No? You can get in a solid PG thirteen. I think. Especially with Raven, how dark she can get in her origin story and who knows what Starfire outfit they're gonna try to go with, hopefully the more conservative. Yeah, that's but, true. I mean, there's so much because, I mean, the oversaturation is in, in effect this genre. So are you pretty much on board for another 10 years of this? <laughs> what? Uh, my dying day. <laughs> down for this. Gee, are you uh, with it already? Or are you you're, you're happy with this? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I don't know where I'm at, actually. Like some like, movies, like I, I went through a span, a span, uh, about two years ago that I really didn't like Age of Ultron, and it was just like, oh my god, it's the same thing yeah, we, over we and over that, again. Right? Yeah, it's just like, it's it's too much. But but the only I know the day is gonna come where comic movies are gonna go the age of the western or the teen movie, but the teen we, movie is still around. 
But yeah, but it's not as popular as it was at one point. Uh, wait, what was, the, what was the last good tea movie, though? Because I haven't seen It's one. still around. I didn't say there was any good ones. Oh, exactly. wait. I think Jen has one in mind. The Duff. The Duff was good. I love The Duff movie. is terrible, man. The Duff is a terrible. It was good. Maybe because I know Robbie. But like, I was <laughs> <laughs> I actually like, like. No, I liked it. That's good. The teen movie. I'm not like 100% sure. Yeah. But I mean, there are a lot of teen horror movies. Like, a lot of horror movies, like, with teenagers doing continuing to do stupid things okay don't breathe is a good teen horror a teen uh, but they're not movie. really te- you consider those they're like teens teenagers? they're in high school they are in high yeah school? aren't they high school yeah, they're, they're like high school. i think they're high school yeah. i think i don't know they didn't seem too high schooly but well, I, call, I mean it's not a teen movie but we still have those teen shows i mean look at 13 reasons why and all that stuff well no you have teen shows you're always gonna have teen shows you have to you're and always you gonna should have totally teens. rewatch the duff i'm not gonna rewatch the duff <laughs> It was so good. I'm going to make a bold prediction right here. Here's how you're going to know that uh, comic book movies are going to be at the end of their hype. Is when sales are going to be down and DC and Marvel are like, screw it, let's pull, let's do it. Let's do the DC versus Marvel movie. They will never do that. But there's so much material, so do you really think there will be a time? I mean, you might have a time where some people may start to get a little sick of them or they just won't go, but I feel like there's still, and so many merchandise and marketing opportunities, so like you're making all this money no matter what. You also have so many sub-drops in the genre. Like I said, with the question, you have noir. You know, I'm just going off my DC knowledge right now. You have, with Jonah Hex, you can have the Western, you can have the futuristic with, uh, with Booster Gold and Blue Beetle. You have Blue Beetle for the Alien. You have all the Green Lantern movies that you could do, and I would love to like. Never they need movie again. I think we man, would. they can get that you right. Don't. I actually, you like don't, but that. there might be fans no, out there, there that want. No, there is going to be a DC, uh, a Green Lantern movie. Who 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 do we pencil in as Green Lantern right now? If you had to choose, uh, G because... and Ryan. God, I can't even think of anyone. But here's my thing: Which Green Lantern are we going with? Are we going with? Uh, should we do? Green or black one? <laughs> I mean, I, G. If they if they cast a black man to play, um, the Green Lantern, I'm gonna shoot you a text, and I'm gonna congratulate I thought, you. I thought there was a black Green Lantern. No, there is one. There is one. I I think yeah, if you cast Michael B. Jordan, be done with it. Yeah, it's true. You you do no, it. It's true. bad that Michael B. Jordan is the only young black actor I or can think of. Is it better? Is it better than you just get like an unknown? No, like, it does, that doesn't work in. all the time. It doesn't work all the time, but I feel like it works better than in, reusing somebody that's already played a superhero. Like, like they have to be somewhere in the middle. Like when they're too famous, it can be a little. Distracting I mean, like, look, Chris it, Evans was Johnny Storm in Fantastic Four no years ago. I remember I that. Do you think no one remembers that? I remember that. I remember that. So when he's like, you know, Captain America, it's like. Well, he's he Captain America. Another... No, he is, he... and he's fantastic as Captain America, but. I also remember him as Johnny Storm, and I'm like, eh. Ryan likes those movies. It's better to get someone that hasn't been used already. What'd you say, Ryan? I like like those two better than Fantastic Man 4-Stick, or whatever you want to call it. Like, I do like the first one. It was fun. Again, like, Fan I. Fan Four Stick is the worst comic book movie ever made. And I don't give a oh, shit no. anyone that says anything about Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin has, like, comedic awfulness to it. There's nothing funny. There's nothing good about Fan Four Stick. No, it was oh, terrible. Oh, we got through. It really was. And I'm the one who tries to find, you know, as I always say to you, Dave, like, you know, I'd rather light a candle than Curse of Darkness. But there I'll was extinguish no... those candles all day if I have to. 
after that after that Fantastic Four movie came out, the latest one, I was like, you guys probably did not think you would long for the days of that uh, just like an album version. And the worst thing is they don't want to. Actually, wanna, didn't mind that one. They don't want to sell the property to Marvel to the MCU. And they don't want to sell the property to the Marvel Studios. I don't understand why. I think Fantastic Four is just hard to do. It's like, not it's hard like, if you not, give it to Marvel. It's, it's not really like because it's not really it's not really meant to be dark. And like when it's too light and like because like a lot of people don't like what they don't like about the first two, uh, other than people being like, oh, they just suck, is that they felt like too like kid friendly and like. But like, I feel like that's what that is. Like I, I, it's hard to make that like any more serious than what's being portrayed on in the first two that we got. You need to find the happy middle, and you know what? I do agree they are kind of hard, and especially now with all the superhero teams, because you do have the Justice League, you do have Avengers, Guardians, so like to add, and the X Men movies are still coming out. But and to add another one is going to be difficult because everyone's going to have that bad taste in their yeah, mouth. Yeah, that stigma, something. that stigma is on there because you have what we got in 2015, and while you guys prefer the other ones, it's not like they're any good. They're fine. Or whatever, they're watchable. <laughs> you got to get like a, a Scorsese to direct one for us to trust it again. <laughs> like, that's, all that's... right. I guess I need to get behind that. <laughs> Here's before we let Ryan go because um I have a question for Ryan since we're talking about uh superheroes and villains. Today's discussion on our podcast, uh, Lewis, Gaius, and I are going to talk our ta- top ten villains in film. Who is your number one villain in film if you had to choose? And I know we're just throwing that out there for you, but just, <laughs> yeah, let's see what you can come up with. Put him on the spot. Like <laughs> you know, like I've, you know, since we're on comics, I my first thought is to go to comics. But I'm trying to like go outside the box. Um, shit, like I gotta go. Like, let me just keep screaming, joke. <laughs> like I love, like, like looking at all my movies right now, trying to think. Um. You know what? I have to say, most of the movies that are not comics that I love are uh, like where the main villain is actually the person himself. I know it sounds ridiculous to say, but you have movies like uh, Goodfellas and Scarface. Well, there was no actual villain; it was just their own downfall. And those are when I don't watch my comic movies. Those are the kind of movies I like. Okay, totally totally at you. I know that's kind of a BS answer. No, but, no, uh, it's just to throw it on the spot. I'm just, uh, I appreciate your response. So, Rai, thank you for joining us today. We definitely enjoyed having you on. We look thank forward you. to having you on again for another intellectual comic book film debate. Plug real quick. What's up? Throw plug, plug your stuff, man. Plug your stuff. Go check out Spin Rack. I'll put it on the Real Talk Facebook page. Go check out if you love talking comics, everything related. I do spoilers where I spoil the shows and games and certain things. Me and my lovely fiance do Spin Cycle. We have the geeky and the not so geeky side of everything. Hi, Casey. Hi. <laughs> so go check it out. Spin Rack is a lot of fun. You know, David and Jen are a part of it. We all have a lot of fun. A lot of fun debates and me and David going at it with our opinions constantly. So it's a lot of fun just to sit there and read everything absolutely thanks again for coming on right for having me it was a pleasure bye guys all right bye, bye. lewis has joined today's podcast how you doing lou you materialized out of nowhere <laughs> i know he just appeared <laughs> how's how you doing lou lou's back i'm back i'm back i'm here so Got you it. missed a nice detailed debate about wonder woman today because i haven't seen it yet yeah that's why so 
we want to know before uh-huh. we get started on everything else, when are you going to see Wonder Woman? Uh, hopefully today. Good, not good, this good. Week. Good, good. We'll uh, see how, how, how tight the theater is. Awesome. So we were pretty much, we were just discussing Wonder Woman, and now we will get into our main topic of the day, which dun, is dun, dun. villains. Now, I, I to me, when I gave this this topic out to the guys, I thought this would be a lot easier than it was. But I ended up with a few honorable mentions that I can't believe did not make my 10. Did you guys have a hard time with this, or was this easy for you? Horrible time with this. Gee, what the about you? The bottom half was harder than the top. Yep, <laughs> I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. I mean, oh, man, I feel bad leaving some of these honorable mentions out. but And with my list, I didn't I didn't include any of like, the supernatural kind of slasher villains. I wanted to, but I didn't for that yeah. reason. Because I'm like, oh, then, you know, Michael Myers would probably be on the list, or... She's like, oh damn it. Uh, he would man, he was on my list. No, but you're not gonna but, but, yeah, I get what you mean. All right. Now I'll start kicking off. How do you not include the shape? I wanted to include the shape. The shape is an honorable mention though. What's the shape? Michael Myers. Oh, okay. All right. So <laughs> oh. throw- You're about to make me make my noise that I make when I'm just so frustrated. Oh. <laughs> ah. So throw throwing my honorable mentions out here. I'm just gonna run through them. All right. The shape is one of them. Kaiser Soze is another. <gasps> yep. What? <laughs> uh, Hans Gruber is another. We've lost guys already. already. That. Um, uh, the shark. The shark from, from Jaws. Okay. <laughs> can't put the shark from Jaws. Yes, really? They can. Is it not the villain <laughs> of the movie? That's kind of. It's kind of a slasher kind of villain. And no personality or anything. The, and the xenomorph is another honorable mention. Okay, that why am I why am I okay with that and not John? Yeah, man, you gotta you gotta be okay with that. All right, Lou, what are your honorable mentions on this? I don't have any honorable. What? I know for the first time, right? That's crazy. Gee, I know you have a few, right? I have a couple. I have a Gordon Gecko from Wall Street. That's a good one. That's a um, because I, I I forgot how much I love. I actually watched Wall Street for the first time in a long time, like two weeks ago, and forgot how good Michael Douglas is. He's movie. such an asshole, man. Like, it's... like he owns that movie. He's so, 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 so. so. You'd think at that but time he didn't make the list because uh, yeah. you'd think at that cool. time when Wall Street came out, they were like, "Oh, we're just gonna give Michael Douglas an Oscar just to give him one." But oh my god, he deserves. Well, it. Michael Douglas kind of like ruled the eighties. Oh ruled yeah. All right. What what else is on your honorable mentions? And I include uh, Ivan Drago from Rocky <laughs> Four. Wow. God. Yeah, I did. Are you still not over him killing Apollo? Uh, it still hurts. <laughs> the pain in the soul. Hearts on fire, man. Hearts on fire. It, it hurts my soul. What else you got? Or is that it? That's it. All right. So, kicking off, I will kick off with my number 10. My number 10 is Alex DeLarge from A Clockwork Orange. Okay. That's a good one. Have you guys... I know you've seen, seen Clockwork Orange. I've actually seen, I've actually seen it. I've seen Clockwork Orange. So, pretty much, he, I, I put him on the list because eventually, at the end of the film, he does win. Because he retracts back to who he was, and who he was is a rapist, a murderer, just like someone that doesn't give a shit about hurting the innocent or anyone that comes in his way. So, and Malcolm McDowell does a tremendous job as Alex DeLarge. Lou, what's up with your number ten? My number ten. I don't know. How I'm gonna, I don't know what reaction I'm gonna get from this. It's uh, the Wicked Witch of the West. Nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that. 
I, you never know around here. So <laughs> you, were, you, were to go, you were expecting the what? Were you like, I, what? I, was just, no, I was expecting you to be like, so low? <laughs> no. So to my to Lou, you said the Wicked Witch of the West. Before yep. we get to guys, it's number 10. The Wicked Witch of the West is my actually my number nine. There you go. To me, it's I like. She's not on my list. <laughs> what? I know. I know. She, I I know, she, you know, she barely made my list. So Wait, hold up. Why is she not an honorable mention? I don't know. I didn't, I didn't think about. I always. I don't know. Man. She's like the first real villain on yeah, exactly. yeah, on film. And I'm sorry. And the one that stands out the most, I think. I love what they've done with her character since that original film too, uh, especially when they did um, I guess the remake. Uh, oh, the yeah, with Mila, Mila Kunis. With Mila Kunis oh. I, I felt she did a good job. They got Wicked on Broadway. Her as a character has evolved ever since that first movie. I mean, yeah, she's she, fantastic in that first. And she's just like, I don't give a shit. I'm gonna like get those ruby slippers, and she looks the part. Like she, she was, she was pretty evil. And, and yeah, throughout the list, uh, I don't know if you guys mentioned this earlier, but I'm gonna go off just character, not just like an actor that played. No, her. I'm going yeah. with character, yeah. not performance. Okay. Yes. All right, G. What's your number ten? All right, I went with uh, John Doe from Seven. Okay. Uh, even though like you know he's not really in the movie till like you know the climax but his overall impact is felt throughout the entire movie oh, yeah. and then when we finally do get him uh it's just perfect kevin spacey was kind of like on a roll then and it's just like the per- like the, the, the ending of that movie like continues to still get me like every time i watch it i feel like i'm watching it for the first time and like you, i you would think i haven't seen it before the way i react to it and you totally feel and bad for just, brad pitt yeah. I know, and they feel bad for him, and then, like, when he's goading him, like, he's just very calm, like, when he's, like, talking about, like, you know, the Gwyneth Paltrow character, and how, like, she paid for her life, and then, like, uh, Morgan Freeman's trying to get him to shut up, because he knows what he's about to say next, and, like, I don't know, he was, it was just really chilling, too, like, he's Gee, really I, I have a question, is the guy that, uh, killed Ricky in Boys in the Hood on the list? <laughs> the guy, <laughs> the guy who killed Ricky. Shout out, shout out to Lori and Boys in the Hood. <laughs> did she happen? Did she happen to? Uh, she did. Like she it? like. She felt. Oh, yeah, can, can we get a little commentary on her thoughts of? She felt like she, at first she was like, I can't believe you mentioned that, like where people can hear it. I was like, Well, you said it. it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, Yeah, but it makes me sound like I'm just like. I was like, You don't sound racist. Calm down. <laughs> no, not at all. No, man. Shout out. That was a great story. That was funny. I was like, It was funny, and you got to be a part of it. <laughs> so my number nine was Witch, Witch, Witch of the West. What's your number nine, Lou? My number nine is the T-1000 from Terminator 2. Oh, that's real low. Holy oh. shit, that's not on my list. Oh, my God. Oh, then you can forgive me for the Wicked Witch of the West. And yeah. not even an honorable mention. Well, there you go. Did you uh, forget about Robert Patrick? I did. The T-1000 as a kid that's was... He, that's running alone. Yeah. <laughs> the, fact that he was, the fact that he was so hard to kill and he could just go through like the, the metal bars was just like how do you get rid of this guy so it was terrifying as a child i, not, think my I mean not, now the graphics are a little more dated and you know still, i think it's still the his his visual effects are a little dated the rest of the movie's fine my favorite moment from him is when uh he has uh, uh sarah connor kind of pinned up and he's like he's so calm like the way he delivers a line where he's like say where he's like call to john and call like john, and yeah. she like won't do it and he like does his like head tilt and like and his like little finger blade starts to grow yeah. and, like he never is like full of emotion, but he's so good though. Michael Myers ish with the tilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then the speed running. That used to I don't know why that terrified me when I was younger. I was like, I would not want anyone chasing me down like that. <laughs> Aggressive speed running. 
and I it's it's such a subtle scene, I guess, because not a lot of people mention it when it comes to the T one thousand. When he's in the hospital and he kills that cop. Yes. That's, that's getting the, the coffee. I don't know. For some reason that scene always stands out to me. It, it, it basically showed you like what he like, he has no remorse, basically. Yeah. All right. It stood out so much that you forgot to mention. <laughs> what what happened, G? Like, I was, I was like, like it stood out so much that he didn't make your list. Yeah, man. <laughs> Just a couple of villains that are a little better to me. What's your number nine, G? Uh, I wasn't afraid to put Michael Myers on the list, but I did put him kind of low because uh, there isn't, you know, like I made the comment about how the jaw, the shark and like jaws doesn't have personality, so I, you know, how, why was that an honorable mention? But uh, that's the only reason why Michael Myers isn't higher. But like, uh, if I'm just ranking just like just the original Halloween, just someone's presence alone making them evil and terrifying i think that's a really good example yeah no i agree if like you, know, you can just stand there and look but, then, <laughs> like, but, like, but we do have the sequels to look at yeah and that's I, true i mean I, I i mean i guess i'm i guess it's not fair to really nitpick like or pick which one of him is like makes him a good villain because like, it does definitely gets diluted as they go on yeah but you know that first movie like just like just like the shots like of him in the background yeah. like don't like that that was you know he's terrifying dude I actually saw I the I first think... one uh, after like a couple years for the first time last week. Wait, you, the, the, the first original, original? Yeah, I haven't seen it in like a long time. And I saw, yeah, the, his, his presence in the backgrounds just made that whole aura of the movie feel so much more eerie. Yeah. So many times where you don't even like realize it at first and you're just like, whoa, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, right and you there. Just see, like a little they have circle. No idea. Like they're just on the phone and like he's just standing right there. So I'll ask since we're on the Michael Myers topic, outside the first one, uh huh, who. What shape do you think played plays best in the in the franchise? Like, in what film do you think he's vicious and sti- like, like like visually? Yeah, like you're intimidated by him. In I would the say first H2O. One. I, he's a little thicker. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm. Pff, I can't get past the mask though. <laughs> yeah, the mask is my biggest issue with that. The mask, the mask is an issue yeah. for me. <laughs> um, to me, a Dick Warlock played him in the second one, and he. I think he was a little too thinned out in the first, the first one. one. Yeah, but he was actually, yeah. I think that's the only time he's actually scary, like, c- compared to the first one. Like, out of all the sequels, I actually think he, in part two, he still kind of has a little bit of that, like, presence still. Yeah. I, I think little... I think Dick Warlock, there's, a, like, a little bit more. I don't, like, uh, I know, like, on, like, the commentaries and stuff, like, some people have complained that, like, I mean, I guess Nick Castle was just perfect because he just yeah, Nick he, Castle he really was really, absolutely it, perfect. And the fact he really that didn't Holly, even have a lot to work with either. And, they and were just like, what do you want me to do and what's my motivation? They're just like, you just walk. <laughs> and it's crazy how he got that role. He was just like on set and he knew John Carpenter and here okay. you go. Yeah. Here's a mask. Here you go. Oh wow, that's pretty much it. And, I'm gonna and throw like, in a... you know, the things that he does in that first movie. Like it's just like, yeah, I mean, he, I, he did a good you, job just like, standing there. But I still think he's imposing in part two. I think no, no, like, hey, even him just standing there was, yeah. two kind of helps a little bit in that regard. But yeah. I get, I get what you mean. He's a little, he is a little thinned out. I throw in a controversial pick, but uh, I like, oh, I like the way he looks in the remakes. Oh like, yeah, no, I, I think he looks, he's looks vicious in the remakes. Yeah, yeah. I try not to talk about the hot garbage remake. <laughs> Nah. I'm gonna I'm gonna rewatch the remake. They're the best out of the three franchises, though, remake wise. I think. Oh, they're so bad. <laughs> but no, but the other two are worse, though. Oh God, I'd rather watch Friday the Thirteenth over Halloween. Really? Yeah. 
I think the strongest Friday point 13th, of Friday the Thirteenth is the beginning. Friday the Thirteenth starts off right. Like it's yeah, that's like what that I was gonna thing. say. It starts off really well. It starts off right. I hate the way that Halloween. I hate the whole like giving him a backstory, which is basically like the same trailer trash backstory he gives to everything in all his movies. Talking about you, Rob Zombie. Well, that's my and, that's my issue with Rob Zombie. Everything so hate, has to be so trailer I trash. Hate the first hour yeah. of the movie. The first hour of the movie is awful, and then they just haphazardly basically remake the original movie with like in like thirty minutes <laughs> for like the, you know the last thirty minutes of the movie. And just yeah. I just like it. I do like that Daniel Harris is in it. So yeah. I I love it. I love that she was able to come back and do stuff with the franchise. And I know she had wanted to for a long time. So I thought she that was sh- cool. She should have been. It. She should have been in Halloween Six, but whatever. Well, now that I got a yeah, refresh of the first one, they didn't want to pay her what she thought she deserved. Yeah, now that I got a refresh of the first one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna rewatch the Rob Zombie remake, and I'm gonna give him a little quick review next week. Don't think it's it's anything. No, no, no I, I remember. I, I've seen it. I'm just saying, I'm gonna refresh it. I don't think it's as that bad as Guy says. So, I don't think it's as bad as G says. Yeah, I'm, so I'm, 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 I'm gonna I'm, give you a quick review next week. And there aren't likable agree. characters in it at all. Like, like Lori's not even like. <laughs> well, that is true. Well, That's no, true. I'll give him that. Lori is extremely unlikable and. and like they gave her the same personality they gave her friends, which was fine for her friends. They could be all like, you know, slutty and rude and whatever. Like that's they're supposed to be. Like there should be one girl or someone you root for. And I didn't really care about her at all. It got even worse in the second one. That's what I was gonna yeah. say. She's even worse in the second one. Oh man. Like she just like so like like so like I'm good that she was trying to. They were trying to get her to play like she like she went through a lot and like she was just. But no, that was just bad. All right. So moving on to number eight. We get to Drew Barrymore's great uncle, Lionel Barrymore. (laughs) I give him the blankest face right now. And if you guys know where this character is from, I will give you a nice high five for this one. Okay. My number eight is Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. Yep. Nope. I didn't know that one. He went way old school. (laughs) Dude, I saw, I give Jen 100% credit for this. I saw It's a Wonderful Life with her. (laughs) There we go. For the first time three years ago and when i'm watching that movie and i see this asshole of a villain like this guy is the epitome of a corrupt was he a bank he's a banker and he's doing every any and everything to take george bailey's loans uh, a loan company away from him and he doesn't like that he's this young upstart and he's nice to everybody, and everybody likes him, and no one likes Mr. Potter. And then we get—have you seen it? It's a Wonderful Life, G, or you haven't seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. So when they when he gets to the closer to the end, and you see that Mr. Potter has George's money, do you remember that towards the end? I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. and then he is pretty much ripping everything away from him. He's taking his life away from him. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, not only is this guy a villain, this could really happen to anybody. Yeah. And the fact that. A lot of people think he wins in the end because he does lose the money, even though the the other residents end up helping George. You're just like, dude, this guy is a straight asshole, and there's nothing, there's not one likable trait to Mr. Potter, Mr. Potter, and not Harry Potter. Shout out to Drew Barrymore for making another appearance on another week of this podcast for a good reason. This time, I think she beat the streak of the Titanic. I'll still defend you no matter what you <laughs> You got you one fan. Got... Oh, two fans. Anyway. Well, I did say something good, though. There you go. You it just has uncle. nothing to do with her, just her family. <laughs> hater. Hater. The hater is hate. real. Um, but the the big thing, Lou, you have to watch It's a Wonderful Life. I, I, 
Okay. I'll it's, check it out. It's excellent. All right, Lou, you're up. What's your number eight? My number eight comes straight from another Potter. It's Lord Voldemort. Dude, he's way too low on your list. No, well, that's where he is. Oh, my. Lanta. Number eight is Lord Voldemort. He who shall not be mentioned or named. Mentioned. He who shall not be named. There you go. Even though he was mentioned. That's how evil he is. A hundred thousand <laughs> times throughout the seven films. I mean, once after he came to life again in part four, they're just like, all right, his name is Voldemort. Get used to saying it. He'll probably kill you. There you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that final battle with him and Harry was epic. Uh, his presence throughout all seven movies was great. Uh, you just knew just by the way people react to him how evil he was. So just it brought up uh, the anticipation to actually see him in for the first time. I'll speak about uh, Voldemort a little later. Number one. Nah, no way. <laughs> number one no over. Way. <laughs> no way. All right, G. What's your number eight? All right, I went with uh, Frank Booth from Blue Velvet. I don't know if you've ever seen Blue Velvet. I have not. Uh, it's really it's a, it's a David Lynch movie, so it's, you either have to really like it or you probably won't. <laughs> but uh, Dennis Hopper plays him, and he's absolutely, completely, and utterly deranged. But it's almost like funny how deranged he is. Uh, and Dennis Hopper is, was really good at playing those kind of roles. Um, since you haven't seen, you should definitely check it out. Like it's a really, really that's a really good performance. It grabs you like right away. All right. He awesome. has a moment where he's beating up his girlfriend while huffing laughing gas. That's how messed up he is. Let's not forget Dennis Hopper and Speed is also another good villain. Yeah, player. I didn't think about that. I forgot. He probably would have been all mentioned because he was pretty good. Except the way he went out, I was just like, oh, that's it. <laughs> I mean, the, the I mean, it's pretty obvious that the movie loses a little bit of momentum once the action's off the bus. Yeah, I would say the same thing. I mean, it's great. Um, every, every, uh, it's funny because I, I mentioned before on the on the podcast that I just recently saw Speed a few months ago, okay. and um, when I was watching it, I'm like, alright, they really should have a finale on this bus, and it's not on the bus, and I think it's one of those like Lord of the Ring feelings because it you think it's over, but it just keeps going and going for like an extra 10 minutes, and I'm like, oh, okay. This could have ended like 10 minutes ago. So oh, that's my, yeah. I think that's a little issue. Yeah, have a not even having, not even having like Sandra Bullock held captive for a little bit. Yeah, like, the ending <laughs> of Speed might have been the premise to uh, what was to come in Cruise Control, how bad it was. Cruise Control, God, I can't. The fact that you have a movie called Speed and then put it on a cruise liner, <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> and it's, it's not so going, bad. and it's not going fast either. I love that Sandra Bullock fully admits that she did that movie for money. Like, full, they gave her $15 million, and she was like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, why not? <laughs> why not? Even though all the ingredients were there, like, she knew that it was wrong to not do it with Keanu Reeves. Like, she knew it wasn't really a good idea. Even though she got along with Jason Patrick, she was like, she knew it wasn't a good idea. She's like, but they threw that paycheck at me. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I don't know anyone that would turn down $15 million. Yeah, will you turn down $15 million to start Especially at that point control? in her career. I mean, I guess she, like, I mean, she was famous, really, like, pretty famous by then, but, like, she had had like hit after hit after hit when she came out, and then she had like a little bit of like a like there was a couple movies that didn't do that well. So I mean, I guess it sounded like a good idea on paper, like oh, I'll do a sequel to the movie that made me a star, basically. But even she felt then like she read it and she was like, ah, oh, it's not good. But fifteen million dollars. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure you're probably gonna say my number seven is way too low on my list, but my number seven is Hannibal Lecter. Oh, yeah. That is That's way too low. low. There you go. <laughs> That 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 like, reverberates off my way too low. That's way too low. There you go. That's way too low. I have reasons why. Is it because you only been for fourteen minutes? 
What? No, okay. I mean, no, he's great in the 14 minutes. It's an Oscar-winning performance. Yeah. And, you know, it's just that despite his greatness in it, I feel that there are six other villains that are just a tad better. Can't wait to hear them. Yeah. So, he's but, so, but he's so, he's so, he's so scary. Like, yeah. And it's just <laughs> everything his matter from his mannerisms to, um, his back and forth with Clarice. It's all great. Now, I'm not a fan of Hannibal. I don't know if you guys like Hannibal, the sequel. The sequel? No, no uh, I wasn't yeah, that he made, he made Ray Liotta eat his brain. <laughs> I mean, Ray Liotta. Dude, I will, never forget, I will never, ever forget the reaction in the movie theater when that scene happened. Like, I, 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 everyone was just like, we didn't know what we were watching. Like, everyone was just confused, disgusted. <laughs> like, like, is this really going on? And like, I for think real? that's a reason, too, that it's more a little lower on my list because it's Great as he was in Silence of the Lambs, if you look at the whole picture, okay. I mean, him and Hannibal was just like, okay, whatever. They re- they redeemed him a bit in Red Dragon, though. I think Red Dragon's good. I think Red Dragon's too, too. I mean, it's, it's well made as well. I don't remember Red Dragon. And I can't believe, I still can't believe that Brett Ratner directed Red Dragon. He actually <laughs> made a good movie. I I can't. I, every time I look at Red Dragon, like, it's, it's actually, like, it's shot well. Like, everything about it is good. And you got, like, a, a lot of good actors in that movie. And I'm always amazed when it pops up, like at, at the end, uh, beginning of the credits, and it's like directed by Brett Ratner. I'm like, I forgot. <laughs> I always forget. I do like Red Dragon a good amount, but yeah, that, yeah, that movie. Think... Oh, and Ray Fiennes is actually so. He's, I didn't put him on my list, but he's creepy as hell in that movie. Well, I mean, I think Fiennes has so many good performances that we, even villain performances that we probably don't look at and don't give credit to as much as we should. Yeah, I'm about to rewatch Red Dragon. But we always that forget one. that he was in Made in Manhattan, and we're like, "Oh, well, yeah, you did that." Wait, hold <laughs> up. He was in Made in Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, he was the guy that we were we were supposed to believe that Jennifer Lopez would fall in love with him. Oh, it's kind you of know. like Baywatch. And we were supposed to believe that. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I guess <laughs> we're also supposed to believe that Jennifer Lopez, someone that looks like her, would be a maid. <laughs> they always try to dress down J Lo and try to make her look normal, and it's hard to do that. <laughs> I mean, she. J-Lo as a custodian. Look at it, like, you know, what? She can't, seriously? She Are we supposed to believe, like, remember in The Boy, have you seen The Boy Next Door? I mean, I know it was awful. I saw it. But we were supposed to believe that this woman, like, uh, like her husband was just ignoring her, and it's like, uh, that's why she seeks comfort in this, like, younger dude. Like, I re- like really, who's gonna ignore Jennifer Lopez? And the correction is not Ray Fiennes, it's Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> no. I thought it was Ray. <laughs> Wait, I, th- I thought, I think her husband was dead in The Boy Next Door. Wait, what? I've never seen that movie because it just no, looked she was, utterly she was, stupid. Uh, she was married to the guy that, uh, or, uh, God, what was his name? God damn it. He was in, uh, Sex in the City. I forgot. He's like the main dude. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember her married in that movie, but I'll, I'll take your word for it. Is it John Corbett? Yeah, that guy. Aiden? <laughs> Aiden from the girl. Sex in the City. Shout out, Team huh? Aiden. Got an live from the great Jen. Jeez. Shout out to her fan club. Well, I, was wait- I was waiting for her to jump in. I was like, oh my God, she knows the name. <laughs> Like, come on, help me. And don't forget, I mean, it's not on my list, and it's I kick myself for not putting it on the list, but Ralph Fiennes is amazing in Schindler's List. Yeah. I didn't put him on there either, but I forgot. I, yeah. I kind of forgot about it. But yeah, he's pretty chilling. There you go. Yep. So who's next? You're up. I'm up. Yep. What number? Number seven. Number seven. It's Colonel Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards. Oh yes. That's good. I didn't think of that one either. I didn't think of that either. That's yeah, that, that's I'm doing that's so good this week. He was actually pretty 
as as menacing as he portrayed that character, he was actually pretty funny at times. Especially yeah, when he was trying to like so funny uh, do the English slang, and you could tell he was he, like the comedic aspect yeah. right at the beginning. Like he's an at, like this vicious person, yeah. like with the family when he's trying when he gets them when they're yes, when he's yes, hiding yes. them under the under the floor. And I'm like, oh, this guy can be funny and serious, and he's I think he's gonna kill this role. And like oh, he you were saying, that destroyed role, yeah. it. He was amazing in it, and I think it became where. uh he he probably will be winning another Oscar for another Tarantino film. He okay. already has two for it. Yeah, I mean it was, it was great. I I just like the way he was so calm and chilling in every scene he was until you know you get some some comedy. But he just like he kept his cool throughout everything. You know, like he was so controlled that it was not gonna end well for like the people who were involved with him. Yeah. Do you like how he went out? Uh, I'm okay with it. Gee, what about you? Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. All right. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving All right. On. No comment. <laughs> no comment. Moving on to number seven for you, Jew. Where are you at? Uh, I have uh, Dudley Smith from LA Confidential. Yes. James okay. Cromwell. Can, can before, I think, before I think you it was uh... so surprising because James Cromwell, like, <laughs> so my exposure to James Cromwell when I saw LA Confidential, I only see him in Babe. I didn't see him in anything else. <laughs> so like he was so like nice. Yes, I forgot. <laughs> was in '94. Yes, you're right. Oh, uh, shout I, I out never, to Babe. I, I love never Babe. seen him in anything else. So like he's like the ultimate nice person in Babe. Where you're just like, oh, this is a kind old man taking care of a pig. That's his. Film. Then, <laughs> that's his filmography. <laughs> LA Confidential and, and Babe. <laughs> now those at are two time, great movies, though. Like, yeah, yep. the guy from Babe is in this. Okay, hold on, hold on. And, Babe is not a great movie. Yes, it is. It's, it's a, a good Babe movie. Is no, Babe is a great movie. <laughs> Babe is an Academy <laughs> Award nominated guys, film. All right, you guys already know my thing like with all Babe. the fields. I like, oh god, so good. <laughs> I mean, like you, you like Babe. You like Pig in the City more than I do, but I. I mean, I did, but I didn't think it's not like it's not as good as Babe, but nah, it's still Babe is, all right. Babe is great. Babe is amazing. What, what's your it's issue not... with Babe again? I watched it like two hundred times in my childhood. Like. Every other weekend, I had to like watch that movie multiple times. So you should feel grateful for every two hundred times you watch it. <laughs> it's kind of like when you get a hit song that's good, but you hear it over, over and over. over, and over. So that's yeah. probably where where that comes from. Well, I mean, uh, well, you before you keep going on uh, your LA Camp uh, Confidential, can we just give a shout out to it being better than Titanic? Oh yeah, for sure. There were well, there were a handful of movies that were nominated that were better than Titanic that I would have been happy if they won. I would have been. What happy would be your number? All right, so number. I would have been happy if Goodwill Hunting won. <laughs> like pulling that year up. I mean, I don't think anything was going to be Titanic that year because of you know the, it was on such a roll, but I would say that, L.A. Confidential, would be my number one that year. Over would yeah. You, would you put Goodwill? Hunting? Well, I like I like Goodwill Hunting a little bit more, but I think that's just like a personal preference, though. Like and I, I think, like movies like Goodwill Hunting. I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with that one. I mean, I think that with um, with LA Confidential, I guess the first time I saw it was a few years back. I just didn't expect it to be so well written, and I didn't expect the that Dudley Smith would be the villain either. Oh, and I, yeah, well, <laughs> I think again too while I'm watching it, I'm like it's the dude from Babe. <laughs> like can't be evil. Like you'd think he'd be coming he around totally killing people. Kills himself too. You're just like, damn, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Every, every but everyone in that movie was good. Kevin Spacey. You know it's funny because the one person that I really didn't like was Bud. I was whatever with Bud. I was whatever with Bud too. Yeah, it got it got Kim Basinger an Oscar. I mean, she deserved it. I thought she was great. Yeah, Vicky Vale definitely deserved it. <laughs> she will always be Vicky Vale to you. Yeah, absolutely. She She's also the mom in Eight Mile. <laughs> 
Oh, wow, she was the mom in Eight Mile. Holy shit! <laughs> I forgot about Eight Mile. I forgot her name. That's why I'm like the mom. In Can 8 we mile. say? I mean, Eight Mile is what it is. It is what it is. Well, we're talking about Eight Mile. You mean it is what it is? Are you saying it's not good? No, I think it's fine. It doesn't become oh, really good until the See, end. The way you say "fine" sounds like it's. That's basically me saying like it's all right. <laughs> no, it, it was better. It was better than Garage and Die Trying. Oh, Garage and Die Trying. No, anything was terrible. Really that was awful. <laughs> that was awful. It's... I actually like Eight Mile, and I'm gonna probably get crap for it. I like Eight Mile more than Straight Outta Compton. Mm, what? Yeah, you might get crap. I for do. That. I actually can. I I could rewatch Eight Mile. I can't. Like, I don't get a lot of rewatch. I like Straight Outta Compton, but I I can like see myself like rewatching. I can like whenever Eight Miles on, I don't even have to like pop it in. Like if it's on TV, I like stop and watch it. Oh, I don't know about that for me. Oh, then the rap battle at the end? Ugh, that's so what I'm saying. That's what's excellent about 8 Mile. My favorite yeah. part is the rap battles at the end. Because you, you see Eminem progressively getting better yeah. each battle. Even though I think he loses that second one. Because that Leave it to Beaver it's line is still, is still great. And God, Br- I remember well. We, the whole theater cheered. With, uh, I saw that opening. That was a fun experience. Yeah, I had a fun experience night. at the theater. And it then, was so good. Shout out to Brittany Murphy, rest in peace. R.I.P. R.I.P. I, uh, I have a friend that like always forgets that she is not alive anymore. Oh really? Like, 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 I like... swear to God, I thought you were, I thought you were gonna say you have a friend that's asked you how were the rap battles live. <laughs> <laughs> like they like sometimes I'm like, hey, what's what's Brittany Murphy up to? And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, she's like up to nothing. Like, yeah, she's uh... nothing on the She's resting. Like, there's a reason you haven't seen her since, like, Uptown Girls, wherever the hell she's at. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't want to, I'm not trying to talk back. I like, when Brittany Murphy was good, she was really good. Yeah, like, like the best thing about Don't Say a Word. I think that movie's kind of awful, but what? she's great in it. Don't say it, <laughs> don't say a word? You ever seen Don't Say the, I, the I'll Never Tell movie? You don't remember that? No. I don't remember Tom that movie. Tom in it and Michael Douglas. Yes, I do. I, yeah, I remember that movie. It had a, it had a horrible ending. It did have a horrible ending, but I thought she was good. <laughs> and then likes Uptown Girls and Little Black Book. This just in. <laughs> oh my. Um, so my number six is another one I'm sure. Well, guys have seen the movie. And I know Lou, you haven't seen it. The chances are oh, very is high. It, is it that is it like a computer thing? It's not a <laughs> Wait, oh. wait what, what's a computer thing? <laughs> oh gee, man. <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> My number six is Hal 9000. Oh, you. Oh, okay. Kick, Odyssey. Yo, you need to kick rocks, bro. I'm going to like. This is the computer. What is now, it? Okay, now, computer now I get the joke. Now I get the joke. Oh, it is a computer, isn't it? Yes. It's an AI. Computer. It's an AI, man. It's an AI. So. Talking <laughs> I think once you see 2001 A Space Odyssey, you're going to think a little differently about that. <laughs> Which I don't think you'll ever get to. I mean, I'll, I, I, I have it now. <laughs> I'm close. I'm getting closer. <laughs> I, I think you're probably gonna be like you're gonna you're gonna watch it and come on this podcast and you're gonna be like, "This is the greatest thing ever." Yeah, right. I fully expect guys to be like, "You like that shit?" <laughs> so I finally watched the movie about the evil computer. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the movie is not about an evil computer. Oh wait, no. I feel like I'm, I'm getting on your nerves. Don't keep going. <laughs> no, you're not getting on my nerves. So like. <laughs> Everything about him in that film is it about in that film is great. He pretty much what Kubrick does so well in in 2001 is that he ups uh, Hal's dialogue and lessens the human's dialogue, which kind of puts more life into Hal. Yeah. And he is following orders. I mean, when you watch Alien or Aliens, 
are you okay with the AI robots? Yeah. You, like, do you see their purpose within that? Yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. Yeah. How has that? And I think oh. Kubrick, ha- he has an incentive, and I'm not going to get into spoilers because you haven't seen it, G, but he has a job that he has to do, and he does it no matter what. And when the humans want to do something different about it, you know, how has to step up to the table. And I think he does it in a, in a way that you, you know, you find you find it, you know, as a performance you can like, but at the same time as like, oh, this guy has, you know, no remorse. Yeah. So there's not so much I can say without getting into the spoilers. So yeah, I'll leave no. it at that. Watch 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's great. No, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the guys' little review. Like I can't me. wait. I think he should watch it this week and let us know what he thinks next week. And he's going to be like, oh, my God, this stupid computer. You got some homework, bro. <laughs> All right. I will I'll try. I'll try. Yeah, try. It's, it's right pretty out. long, isn't it? It's long and then, like, it's... It's two and a half hours. Yeah. Can you say, like, how long is there with no dialogue? All right. So the first, thir- the first 30 minutes, yeah. there's no dialogue. And then the last 30 minutes, there's no dialogue. I mean, I, I watched anything. So I'll give it... I mean, it's probably better than Buffy. Whoa! It's probably better than like you know. Oh, than the movie. Can't, can't hardly show. can't hardly wait or something. And you know, I probably would probably watch can't hardly wait for anything. <laughs> even if I like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lou, you're up. A hundred times before you watch that one. Lou's killing it today with his list for sure. Um, this one's weird to me because. I got, I got the comedy version of this character first, and I did my research on this character, and kind of it, it kind of grew on me. But my number six, right? Yes, your number, number six. Number six is yep. Ulrich Goldfinger from the 007 series. Oh, you're that's a deep cut. That's a deep cut. That is deep. Yeah, that's good though. Yeah, he, he has one of my favorite uh, supervillain lines, which is uh, when he when Jane Bond goes. Um, and what do you say? Now you put me on the spot now. <laughs> Even though I was the one that said it. What he says, um, do you expect me oh, do you expect me to tell you the truth? No, to... Mr. Bond, I expect yeah. you to die. There you go. That's, that's, my, fa- yeah, that's my favorite that's a classic line. Yeah, it's a classic line. Would you say he's the best villain in the Bond franchise? Yes. You think hands, so? hands down. He's my favorite villain. Of like all of them? Of all of them, yeah. Oh man, that's yeah, such a hard one. It's a hard one. Yeah, he's he's definitely my favorite. There's been there's been a lot of good ones and a lot of bad ones, but he's up there for me. I feel bad that I can't really remember vividly any of recent ones that like stand out like greatly. Like I mean, I I liked all the like recent ones that have come out, but I can't really think of a villain that like. I think, where would you put um? Since you said that's your favorite villain, do you think um, uh, Daniel Craig is the second best Bond, or do you? I think he's number two next to Connery. Or do you prefer him over Connery? I don't prefer him over Connery. I, I, think, I think we're going to have to revisit this. Yeah, that's a good one, right? Yeah. I Man, think, what's wrong with Pierce Brosnan? Uh, yeah, uh, I was saying, the world is not enough is what's wrong with Pierce Brosnan. I like him as a GoldenEye Tomorrow Never Dies. GoldenEye uh, is solved. his best one, I think. Yeah. And then it just went down. Tomorrow Never Dies is good, though. I didn't like Tomorrow Never Dies too much. And then what did he It was that, The World Is Not Enough, and then Die Another Day. Yeah. I another day. Yeah, that's the one with. He was fine. He was always fine in them, though. Even when like the one, yeah, even yeah, when like him as a bond, I had no problem. I mean, he's fine. I I just think oh. Daniel Craig and, and Sean Connery are like Sean Connery is definitely at, number one. number one for yeah. sure. Who's the Who's the worst Bond girl? It's probably easy. <laughs> oh, it's your girl. Your girl is the worst Bond girl. <laughs> Don't call her my girl. I liked her in one movie. <laughs> <laughs> who's this girl, Hallie? What happened? Hallie? Oh my! No, not Hallie Berry. Oh, I was 
Denise Richards. Denise Richards. Denise Richards is terrible as Doctor Christmas Snow or yeah, Jennifer Christmas. Yeah, can't take her seriously, oh, but you could certainly take her seriously in Wild Things. Is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, That's G. Awesome. You're, you're up. What's your number six? Oh, it's me. Yes. Uh, I went with our boy Alan Rickman in Die Hard. Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. It's not bad. Uh, wasn't he honorable mention on yours? Yeah, he was my honorable mention. I love, I do love Die Hard though. There's nothing wrong. Yeah, with I that. love Die Hard. Is one of my favorite action movies, and every action movie needs. A Can really we put good it to movie. rest? Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Die Hard is definitely a Christmas movie. I was oh, I watch it. it every Christmas. Yeah, I watch it every Christmas as well. I just asinine to think that's not a Christmas. So, like, one of my, the best with my family, movies. when I throw that in there though, because my my mom doesn't necessarily agree that it's a Christmas movie, <laughs> so I have to like fight to get it in when we watch movies on Christmas because like she's all about in order. She's all about it's a wonderful life. Home Alone, and then she makes us watch The Family Stone, even though I like it. Where's she makes with the cranks on this? Exactly, list. man. That's what I'm saying. And know, we all... <laughs> and then I'm like, yo, can we watch Die Hard? And she's like, that's not a Christmas movie. <laughs> I was like, yes, it is. You know what's an underrated Christmas movie? Um, Four Christmases. I don't know if you guys ever saw that one. The one with Reese Witherspoon? Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn. That is a oh, very, that's, an, that's an underrated... <laughs> I, never seen I liked it. That was funny. It's so bad. That was a funny movie. They were slumming it so hard. They made <laughs> no, a lot of money. They, they did look like they had fun recording it, but I, I I got some laughs out of that one. For me, it's underrated. That's when like that's when Vince. What, well, what is that about? Um, they both have divorced parents, and they gotta go visit each one at Christmas. That's what it's called for Christmases, and they they basically got like fucked up families, kind of. It just adds to the humor. Okay, I mean, is it is it something? Is it better than you know Christmas? Christmas I would put it right even with it. It's better than it's better than Santa Claus. You know what else is good too this Christmas? No one gives that credit either, but it's good. Which one? The newest one with Chris Brown? The one with Chris Brown, yeah, it's good. That wasn't that bad, I guess. I like the Regina they have a good cast too. Regina King and uh Kai Pfeiffer. Loretta Devine's always good. I think it's a really pleasant yeah, Christmas. That, that, movie was, that wasn't a bad movie. I don't I hundred percent sure Dave never saw it. No. I exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They end it with a soul train line. Yep. And, and that's good. That's amazing. Yes. Have you ever been to like Black Have you ever been in a soul train line? <laughs> <laughs> it happens. The soul train line is real and it happens. And is it, it's it's just as fun as in the movie. Wait, yes. what? <laughs> it's just God as fun it, as it anywhere. <laughs> anywhere. We have a soul train line you right make, now. And you make fun of the person that can't really dance that well because there's always that one person that you like, please hurry up and get down the line so we can. <laughs> <laughs> so guys, guys sound know. like you said this from experience. <laughs> there are. Well, I mean, okay, so there's no secret. Like, most of my friends are pretty white. And, uh, you don't, <laughs> you don't say. Stuff, <laughs> they try doing stuff like that too. And, like, some of them have good rhythm, and then others are like, oh, God, just tossing your hair and doing whatever, <laughs> not dancing. <laughs> whatever. Moving on to number five, my number five is Michael Corleone from The Godfather. Nice. I didn't. Uh, I that. Are you surprised on that one? I'm pretty surprised. I'm really? surprised that it's oh for you. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> my well because it, it's more of a transition with him. He starts off as this war hero, war veteran, and he transitions from like good to bad. So when when I'm thinking villains, I'm thinking bad from start to end. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but when he's bad. He bad despite the fact that his mission is to protect his family he eventually destroys his family yeah. kills his brother he does every everything to protect protect himself but you know he's hurting everyone that he loves with his wife 
I mean, I, I don't agree with his wife having an abortion to get rid of a baby to end the family lineage, but he doesn't do a great job of protecting his family, even though his his mission was to protect them. And uh-huh. he suffers the ultimate loss when his daughter dies in The Godfather Part 3. So that, and if we're singling out a specific performance, I would say Pacino in 2 with how amazing he was in that role as Michael Corleone. So my uh, pretty basic, but that's my number five, Michael Corleone. Okay, Lou, you're up. What's your number five? Number five is Magneto. Okay. Uh, throughout all the X Men movies, uh, I like his aspect of, especially what they're doing with the first class and kind of like the Apocalypse movies. When they, I think you probably think I'm nuts, but I think Fastbender is much is yeah. better. No, he's definitely. I I find him as a more interesting Magneto. I wouldn't say he's a better Magneto. Uh, but he's a more interesting aspect, especially in Apocalypse, what they did with him and him trying to just blend into the real world. Was, he was uh, the best he, part of that. Yeah. He's so. the best part of Apocalypse. I like is. Apocalypse. I know it's flawed, but he's the best part of that. Yeah, I'm with you on that. And just the struggle that they have between him and Professor Ice, even though there's tons of respect there, it's just that he his war against humans. And... It's different. Like, in a, in, what I like about X-Men is that neither, and what works with villain is that the villains is that he doesn't think he's doing anything wrong. Exactly. He just has his different way of thinking as opposed to Professor X. Exactly. He, right. he feels everything he's doing is justified. So he basically would do anything to protect his mutant family. And that kind of mutual respect between them is seen in like all of them, which exactly. is good. Like in, in the three that they, you know, when they show them younger and then even in the, you know, present day ones, they, you, you know, like they, they just have opposite opinions on things, but there's like this mutual respect. Yeah. With for each other, and that's a one uh, aspect I love about the, both those characters, and they're like, well, yeah. both, both well performed too. Yes. All right, yeah. G, we're in our top five. What is your number five? I went with Hannibal Lecter. I know he was further down on your list, but it's only two spots under that. Yeah, but he's in my top five. <laughs> <laughs> he's in my top five, though. Uh, I don't know. I know it's very minimal screen time, but big impact is pretty much like the best way to. Kind yeah, of it's it more up. of on the. The quality, not just the quantity. Yeah, like all all his scenes with uh, Jodie Foster, like still like give me chills. Like they're just really like their their interaction together is the I suppose we're to say the heart of the movie, but like it's like really like I guess pretty much like the heart of the movie. Like they, it is how that kind of movie it drives the movie basically. So Buffalo Bill like, doesn't do it for you, Hannibal does. So no. okay, here's the thing: is Buffalo Bill is creepy. But it's so he's so obviously creepy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. I mean, like, I won't I won't take anything away from like he's a creepy dude. But I don't know. There's there's the the intellectual part about Hannibal Lecter is what makes him good too. Like he's a smart guy on top of just being insane. And I mean, I'm surprised that they haven't even in the era of remakes that they haven't even thought about remaking this. Well, we got the see- TV show for like. Seasons. How was that show? Was it good? The I show heard, I heard really, really good things like about it. So like I like like I I'm surprised that NBC aired it as long as they did because it was pretty dark and they didn't really uh shy away from showing a lot. Um but it was well done, the acting was good. It just, you know, it that shows like that are a tough sale on network TV, I think. It, I I always wish that some cable like some cable network would have picked it up. Were the like, ratings that, good for that show while it was on? They were like not great but they were good for the nights that it aired so like it aired on friday nights its first two seasons and then it got shipped off to saturday which is like the death like ultimate death slot yes. 
Um, but for uh, I think I think now in like this ratings climate, it probably would have lasted. But even three seasons ago, ratings were like different. You know, it was harder to renew a show that was pulling like a zero point nine in the eighteen forty nine demo. So like, but I think now it probably would have lasted. Oh yeah, now mostly we got three good seasons out of it. You should check it out. It's and they're not. Uh, it's not like a full network season. I think it's like ten or thirteen episodes each season. Oh, that's perfect. So it's like a. It's a pretty easy watch. Awesome. I'll look into that definitely because um, Mads Mick, Mick, Mickelson. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. He, I is try he, to avoid saying is he Hannibal? Is he Hannibal or is he someone else? Because he seems like he's uh, straight front and center. Is he Hannibal? He's Hannibal. Okay, cool. All right. So yeah, we'll... and they go, and it's cool too because throughout the show, like they kind of deal with the whole like red dragon stuff, and then like towards like uh, in season three, you kind of get the hints of like the Clarice stuff starting to happen. And if they had gotten the fourth season, it would have gone full on into like touching on like science of lamp and stuff like that but i think they it could have had a bates motelish type of ending like you finish off with five seasons and then call it a day with call it a day yeah, yeah i i know that guy uh the guy who created it had a five season plan kind of sucks that nbc just didn't like and nbc wasn't losing a ton of money on it either like they were like it, it, it was bought through like some like an international company so they were actually like it didn't really hurt them to keep it on but i think they wanted to find something else that would do a little bit better on Friday night. And did they? Uh I know they haven't. <laughs> <laughs> they have not. And they and you know, they just got rid of Grim. Grim was like their only bright spot on Friday nights and they got rid of that after five years. So yeah, Friday nights is a struggle for any network. For any network, yeah. Now my number four you probably you will probably shit on, but it's all good. My number four is he who shall not be named. Okay. So Voldemort is my number four. Um, starting from the first from Sorcerer Stone, I just love that he's mentioned little by little by mm-hmm. little, and when we get to part four, when he finally kills Cedric Diggory, you have here front and center Voldemort. He's gonna do what he needs to do, and the fact that he is so vicious and they show him being vicious was yep. also very strong for me. The fact that they show him as a child talking to uh one of the professors in terms of how to create the horcruxes and he has to kill these people and he has no shame in killing these people. And I mean, we all know he kills Harry and Harry's mother and father. I, I'm always glad that they never actually show the complete, that complete scene yeah. because it leaves us, the viewer with using our imaginations to say, okay, this is how you use it. So we get actually increase his viciousness because we're using our imagination for that. We're not giving that. Um, I also love the fact that I mean it's a sad moment, but when he kills Snape, yeah, it just does like it pretty much cements everything. We know he has to kill Harry, but to Voldemort, Snape is his number, his right hand man, and he's like, no, no, no. If if I'm gonna be the most powerful wizard, you're the last one to hold this wand. I'm gonna kill you. So I think that itself shows like ultimate viciousness. Yep. And then when he this, you know, he kills Harry. And we get to where we get the final battle between the two. I just think it's done so well from one to part eight. I think it's done so well, and there's never a dull moment anytime he's on screen. Yeah, you had a fantastic character arc in all those films. Gee, I, don't, I, I, you're very quiet very on Voldemort. <laughs> I feel, I, I feel kind of stupid. That I didn't include him. Like, I, like, I, I, I just didn't think about it. I guess, but yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. I just kind of feel dumb that I didn't include him. 
I, you know, it's funny. Well, like, I mean... <laughs> the first time I saw a uh, Deathly Hallows Part Two, like we were talking about, you, you love that battle. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it as much. It took me watching it like two or three times, and I'm like, oh, this is really good. Like the whole explanation yeah. of the wands and, and how important the wands really is to the wizard. Exactly. And I, and I'm like, oh, you know what? This is kind of like genius. They yeah. didn't do the typical like I'm gonna fight you, you're gonna fight me type of thing. I thought it was a good conclusion to the. I think it's. <sighs> I think it's their best one, the best out of all of them. Deathly Hallows Part Two, really? yeah. It to me is Deathly Hallows Part Two, then Goblet of Fire, then Prisoner of Azkaban, and then you know. We I'm gonna get back to down. that list. I think Deathly Hallows Part Two is a better film than than Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. I love Prisoner. I love Prisoner of Azkaban because it's the first movie. I think Prisoner of Azkaban is probably my favorite. I think Prisoner of Azkaban is so important to the franchise because it's the one that set the tone that eventually it goes on. Because I I, think that's why I like it so much. I have a lot. I I have a lot. That's that's the same sentiment I get from a lot of friends. They're like, I "I can't watch Harry Potter because the first two are just this movie's all about kids, and I'm like, no, it isn't. This is just get past the first two, which in my opinion are fine. I think I I don't mind them. I think they're very they're they're acceptable films they're not like you know citizen kane or anything but mm-hmm. i think they're good and then when we get to three is when we get to what we you know we're eventually getting to that dark tone who well, eventually if you ever notice um prisoner of azkaban has no color whatsoever no it doesn't. at all at, at all, all. <laughs> it's, it's so that's why movie. i ended up liking it because i remember i saw the first two and then like my friends made me go to like a midnight showing of the third one with them on and i was like i really don't want to see this because in like the first two. And I never read the book, so they were like, dude, this is where it gets good, so you have to see this one. Just give it one more chance. And then the, even the way it started, like from the beginning, I was like, oh, this is totally different. <laughs> yeah, Already. Like a completely different film. Yeah, and then shit got that's real. That was all in. <laughs> it definitely got real. <laughs> and it's it, it, all it, in after that. There is not, I think that's one of the only franchises that not only, I think, is every film is certified fresh on Ryan's Tomatoes. Yeah, yep. they're all good. You know what's crazy though is that a lot of people consider like Prisoner of Azkaban to be either one of the best ones or the best one, but like I mean they all made money, but from like a, like at the domestic box office, like that one made considerably less than like the other ones. Because I think it was the first one to go dark too, so maybe in terms of parents taking their younger kids to see it, they're like, okay, maybe Wait. maybe we're not <laughs> take you to see this in the theater. Oh, that and kind of what guys said where some people didn't like the first two, so they're like, why would I go see the third? That's a, that's a solid point too. Right. And Ralph Fiennes does play Voldemort, so we can see, we know Ralph Ralph Fiennes plays great villains. So that's yeah, kudos right. to him on that. Shout out to Ralph Fiennes. And then and made him in Manhattan. <laughs> I, I, I think we you, I think we should event, we should get a commentary. I made him so down for that. Can we do any of her movies? Because they'd be kind of funny. I will do any J Lo <laughs> movie because I will probably can we do a Drew Barrymore no. film commentary? Oh my God, I wouldn't make fun of that. <laughs> I refuse to sit and make fun of Drew Barrymore for. We can do Never Been Kissed if you want. Oh well, I like, like watching it. I'll be the only one like praising her. Then I guess I I'll think Jen will be a big part of a Drew Barrymore commentary. We can watch Home Fries. Home Fries. <laughs> Let's not watch Home Fries and say we, we did. No, we won't watch Home Fries. Riding in cars with boys. That's, that's a good, oh, she's in a bunch of good movies. <laughs> Yo, she, she has the worst movie titles ever. <laughs> the ones I named were awful. <laughs> Home fries and riding in cars with boys. Mass yeah, specific. Mike, I, I, I hate that you like her so much. No, she's good. Oh, she's I, completely likable. I guess. Whatever. Man. 
man. Okay, she's we're going with Charlie's Angels. She's we got, fine. We got Charlie's Angels. Yeah. Well, no, I'd watch Charlie's Angels. <laughs> we got to go with her worst if we're going to have fun with this. What, Poison Ivy? I've, I haven't watched enough to know what's her worst. Yeah. What's your, what's your, what do you think it's her worst? Me? Yeah. Uh, let me... I'm going to pull this... Film, uh, filmography. You like because everything. This, because I, I don't like much. So this Equally might be. As bad. What happened? Equally as bad all around. I really, and I mean, it's not her. I don't think it's probably her worst, but I really do hate um, uh, 50 First Dates. Oh, really? I really. Oh, I, you go. I wouldn't put it as a worst. I wouldn't put it what? as a worst, but I don't like it what? at all. I, what? Yeah, it's, I like, like... it's like one of Adam Sandler's. Good movies. I don't really like any of his stuff, but like it's one of his good movies. I agree with that. I think one of her best movies is actually Whip It. Never. Did she direct that? Yeah, she did. Is that the one she directed? I think too, but it's really good. It's Never. a skating movie, right? Or whatever. Roller derby. Roller Roller derby. Sorry. Right. Make, make sure you get it right, guys. Uh, Roller chick, derby. Uh, what's her name? Ellen Page, isn't it? Right. I, I think. I think so. Holy shit! I've seen that movie. <laughs> oh, now that I remember, yeah, I mean, I completely forgot about Jupiter. Well, we could go. We could go with Poison Ivy. We could go with Bad Girls. We could go with Mad Love. We could go with Best Bad Man. Love is good. I, I wishful thinking. But she had a she had movies called Bad Girl and Poison Ivy. Yeah, yeah, she did some did some stuff in the nineties. <laughs> Freddie got fingered is probably one of Holy her worst shit. movies. Remember when well, she anybody worth whoever is in that is is their worst movie. Freddie, I you know what I think Freddie got fingered would probably be her worst movie. She that's has a Golden Globe, by the way. She's... That's, the, that's the one where this dude was Wait, like... hold up. Let's let's rewind that. She has a Golden Globe nomination or a Golden Globe win? She got a Golden Globe win for Grey Gardens in 2009. It was an HBO movie. Oh, that doesn't count. It's an HBO movie. It does count. About, I'm talking about like... How because she got a Globe out of uh, it? That's like... That, <laughs> that goes into like the HBO whole like... Uh, ta- that Brad Pitt has an Oscar, but no one ever labels him as an Academy Award winner. Oh, he produces it. He produces it because he's won an Oscar for producing. I love how oh, we go from Harry Potter to Drew Barrymore again. Man, wow. Drew Barrymore. I can't wait for Drew Barrymore to win her Oscar. If she wins her Oscar. Keep waiting, bro. Dude, Dude she, have you seen Confessions of a Dangerous Mind? She was fine in that. It's fine, but that's not an Oscar winner. I, I'm just saying she was good. Drew Barrymore will never win an Oscar. I'd be shocked if she ever wins an Oscar. She's in Donnie Darko. Yeah, but she's... Dude... The worst part of Donnie Darko. No, I don't think she's the worst part. She's actually fine in Donnie Darko because she's not in it for like she's in it for like ten minutes tops. <laughs> These guys are such haters. Not that <laughs> you know what? Who's the real villain of this piece? Both of you for hating her. So <laughs> Number one top villain is Lewis and David. I think. Oh, I think my David with the swerve. My number one villain in, in on this list is Drew Barrymore's career. <laughs> Didn't we look up Sarah Michelle Gellar's filmography last week? And yeah, Lewis we did. Was saying some some not so nice things about yeah, her. Yeah, see, yo, he's be hated. He maybe Lewis is the big villain here because he hates on yeah. your girl and he hates on Drew Barrymore. Yo, the, hate on, the, the hate on Sarah Michelle Gellar. Sarah Michelle Gellar is him. <laughs> I mean, right, the girl so, who's in Buffy can do no wrong. Well, yeah, I like both Scooby Doo movies. I said, <laughs> oh, okay. First of all, I said I like them too. Oh, okay, throwing me, throwing me under the bus here. <laughs> There's. Nothing good about those Scooby Doo movies. Even the CGI is terrible. Fine. The kid inside of you should enjoy it. They're they're just fine. The kid inside <laughs> of me loves Scooby Doo, the cartoon. Nothing about the movies entertains me. I, I don't know. And the second one's even better than the first one. What's the second one called again? Monsters. Of- <laughs> <laughs> 
shouldn't you shouldn't answer that. <laughs> so, G, one of my favorite one of my favorite Sarah Michelle Gellar movies is actually is Simply Irresistible. Have you seen that? I have seen Simply Irresistible. I of course, you've seen movie. it. <laughs> it's so I've good. I've seen everything you've been in. <laughs> oh, except for All My Children. I've never watched All My Children, but I my mom told me that she was on. Yeah, she was fantastic. My mom's a huge All My Children fan. Uh, shout out to Alina. And so uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar got her start on there playing Kendall Hart. And she was uh, Erica Kane's daughter on the show played by Susan Lucci. And and she was she was great. I mean, she set the tone for Emmy Kendall. For for she fighting. did. She won an Emmy and she was a bitch as Kendall. I mean, she was big. Oh, she was also terrible. a product of rape on the show. Sarah Michelle Gellar has an Emmy? Yeah, a oh, that's cool. I didn't even know that. And she was nominated for a Golden Globe. She was nominated for Buffy. So like, the Buffy never really got nominations on anything, but she got. I'm surprised. Golden Globe. Fir- I'm surprised because that seemed like a because you know how the Golden Globes are always different. That seems like the perfect show for them back then to like. Uh, award. I know, and like I guess they said that like uh, they were. I mean, back in the day, they said they were kind of happy that Buffy didn't really get that kind of attention because it was like it wasn't like trying to be a prestige show. Like it, everyone that liked it knew it was good. So they didn't really need the admiration of like Golden Globes and Emmys, but the only Emmy it got for writing was for the episode Hush, where there was barely any dialogue. Oh wow! So yeah, shout out to Miss Alina Rosto. I gotta clear out some beef here. <laughs> um, I, for the for the record, I did not say I hate disco. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. <laughs> you hate disco. You hate Drew Barrymore. <laughs> yeah, my mom was like, "Louis hates disco. What is that?" For the record, Ooh, I did not say I hate disco. <laughs> Shout out to Miss Alina Ross. <laughs> Shout out to Studio 54. <laughs> and Studio 54. I watched half of that movie. That movie is so fun. What, 54? Yeah. It's so bad. But the, apparently the director's cut is good. There's like I a think longer that's version the cut. of the movie. I think that's the cut that's actually on, or was on Netflix. I think they removed it off Netflix. But I, I do have to finish that. But that's movie- the kind of movie that could have been real good. Could have. That's um around the same time as summer. Some uh, what is son of summer of summer Sam? Of Sam. Right? And I actually do like that movie. I like it too, but a lot of people don't like it because it's not really about him. That's like, what it's I, about the people. It's about the people in the neighborhood. Here's a, I know a lot of people that hate that movie. Here's a fun fact about that. So around that movie was in '99, right? About, yeah. So around 1997, around '96, '97, I started getting into the show Unsolved Mysteries, okay. and um, they used to play it on Lifetime. And I, like in early '99, I saw an episode, or probably mid '98, I saw an episode about the Son of Sam on Unsolved Mysteries. And I'm like, probably a few months later, I saw the trailer Son of uh, Summer of Sam. I'm like, oh shit, it's a movie about whatever the Son of Sam. I didn't see Summer of Sam until probably two years ago, and I was like, it's- this is nothing <laughs> about Son of Sam. But I did like it. If I would have seen that movie when it came out, I would probably have the same mindset. You probably would have hated it. Yeah, I would have probably hated it because I'm like, oh, this is nothing to do with Yeah, something. I saw it randomly years after it came out. And I had thought, and I already, I had read reviews of it and I knew it wasn't really about him. And I thought for what they were trying to do, it was fine. Like, it's just showing how it affected the people in the in the area. Yeah. And more about their stories and how, like, he was just kind of, like, on the peripheral of their stories. But I thought it was interesting. I just think it's a, it, that's a movie that doesn't need to be two and a half hours. I think oh, because Spike Lee don't know how to cut shit. Yeah, so that's, that's <laughs> a big problem. Oh, it's a Spike Lee joint? Yeah, it's Spike Lee. It's joint. a Spike Lee joint. It's actually a good one. because He doesn't really have... I mean, he's made some really good movies, and he's made some, like, 
garbage. I'm, I'm, he got game and do the right thing on my. Has, team. Any, has anybody seen Chirac? Uh, I haven't. I, haven't. I didn't see it. It's a. I'm. I'm. I might check it out, but I'm still iffy about it. I think 25th hours is the best. Oh, I love 25th hour too. That was good too. Um. All right. So moving on to my to Lewis's number four after my Voldemort. Oh. What uh, is your number? Four? Hannibal Lecter. Same reason as you guys give. Okay. Cool. Creepy performance, even though he was in the movie for 14 minutes. Um. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs is probably the best that we get of Hannibal, but he does, he doesn't do a bad job in the other movies. All right. Uh, he just that character is just legendary. All right. Has Anthony Hopkins topped that? No. Or close no. to it. You know what's funny? Um, this is like a year ago. As performance wise or character wise? Performance wise. You're good, man. I think that was wasn't that before. That was before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about after. He's oh, after. after. I don't think oh, so. Yeah, no, I don't think. So. I um. Oh, Thor. Um. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> wow, it was random. Um, I, 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 I'm very big into into politics in terms of political films. And about a year ago, I bought Nixon. Okay, I still haven't seen that one. I was don't. Did okay. I get? They got nominated for Oscar. And I don't uh, understand why because I think that movie is terrible. Is it Nixon or Frost Nixon? No, Nixon. Frost Nixon's really good. Okay, Nixon is terrible. So it's one of those like you get into it, and you're thinking that. Um, Anthony Hopkins is gonna kill it. And he's fine, but it's one of those uh, whatever. I thought I legit watched Nixon thinking it was gonna be about just Watergate and mm-hmm. lead up to Watergate, but it wasn't. And I was just like, "Fuck oh, yeah, I'm done with this." So what's this up stuff? <laughs> but I'm like, um, Thor's is his best performance since. Go. He died in the first movie, right? Nah, I think he's still around. Did he? No, I think he died. In the first I think movie. no, he's in the second one. Second movie, yeah. Like, yes, I- but, Are you serious about Thor? No, you man. Serious? I'm just messing no, with you. No, I can't say I couldn't <laughs> tell. I thought you were. I was like, you almost made me look up his filmography. <laughs> like, I know good things. <laughs> like, um, I should rewatch this. <laughs> he's like, baby, is Thor that good? I don't even remember him, really. <laughs> All right. So what's your number four, G? Uh, I went with the uh, the one novel from Terminator 2. All right. Damn, it's really up there. Uh, I, I failed. He's so good. So good. But I, I think I mentioned all the reasons, like that, that why already. But like, I don't know. Uh, he is one of those people that's chilling without even doing a lot. Though he doesn't really have a lot of dialogue, but his presence is known throughout the entire movie. Agreed. And I wasn't even mad. Uh, I think it was Terminator Three where they did the girl, kind of like the same character, but with the girl. I didn't. Uh, you know what? I, wasn't, I think I, wasn't I think Three gets a bad rap. It's not it terrible. Yeah, it's it's just there. You know. Like, you want to know a fun fact about? Terminatrix, Christina Logan. You, she you're, is your friends with her. She is, she is married to one of my uh, friends, which is weird. <laughs> when he, when he, uh, he, he's an older guy, so he lives and he lives in Hermosa, and he had just gotten a divorce, and he randomly met her at a party, and then they hit it off, got married, had a kid. That's so great. I've met her several That's times, great. and she's very, very nice. Uh, and she, she doesn't mind talking about Terminator. She's not the problem in that. I think she's perfectly no, fine. She was great yeah, and she doesn't mind talking about the movie either because like. We all were trying to avoid it. Like we would go to like his place for barbecues and stuff, and everyone would like talk about themselves. Like, oh, that's the Terminatrix. What? He's dating her. What? <laughs> that's the Terminatrix. <laughs> and, like, she finally like let us in. Like, you guys can talk about Terminator Three. I don't mind talking about it. And as soon as we got the go ahead, we're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Tell us everything you like about it. She loved making it. She I think had a blast working with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Said he was awesome. I think after three, everything went. Was that her only movie? No, nah, she's done other stuff, but not anything. I think like. I- after three, that franchise just dropped. I, just, the last one wasn't that. Oh, bad. I hated Genesis. With, with Khaleesi? Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I hated Genesis. 
I liked it. I, I didn't think it was that bad. I oh, the one before that was know, bad. No, here's here's that. my thing. You know what? I guess it goes back to our trailer conversation. If I didn't know that twist that was given in the damn trailer, uh-huh. that John Connor was the uh, it was John Connor that was the um, the evil one. Yeah, yeah. That he was. They didn't win in the trailer. They put it in the trailer. Yeah, and they I was put like, it in the and I was like, oh fuck you, man. Like, Why the hell they would put that in the trailer? The way they put Doomsday and Batman v Superman that's trailer, stupid. the way they, it's just—that's one of the things. Going back to like this, not spoilery or anything. Going back to the Wonder Woman debate, I think what works so well is because if this was like a like a straight Snyder film, he would have put there's like something that happens in that in the movie. He would have put that in the trailer. See. I didn't watch the trailer, so that's probably why I like it better. Because when the twist happened, I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh yeah, it's tr- it's the first trailer is really strong, and then when the second trailer hits, the second trailer lets that spoiler uh, out, and I'm like, "Are you serious?" Man, fuck trailers. Yeah, man. I mean, Justice was better than what was it Salvation? Uh, <laughs> I think I Salvation. I didn't like that much. I, I don't know which one's worse. Salvation. They're both bad. <laughs> Salvation definitely for me. I actually could watch Genesis because at least, I mean, I know like having Arnold there was like, I mean, it just having a familiar face there like made me like enjoy watching it more than television, but it was still bad. And the yeah. fact that Cameron loved Genesis, I was like, oh, this might be good. And then, yeah, yeah. it was, you know, the thing is, I guess it's something he also has been spending too much time making Avatar. Man, which will never get done. It'll never come out. <laughs> like I've said it before, I mean, you create an entire Disney World, creating an entire land and world. That takes time to create that in a, a amusement park, and it came out and it opened before the movie, the second part even released. We're gonna, so. we're gonna get that movie and these high school dropping in the same week. Yeah, that's. I feel. I mean, in a in a way, it sucks because Cameron's a good filmmaker and he's like, he could make so much right now, and he's just concentrating on this. I mean, I know Jed's looking forward to a Titanic too. What what happened? What happened? What happens to Rose? What happens to Rose in between those years before she died? No, I am not. No one wants that movie. Can we can we agree on the Titanic conversation that the best, the most deserved award that Oscar and I was Celine Dion's Oscar for that song? Yeah, yeah, it's a good song. It's a great song. I I got sick. I got sick of it. It Oh, everyone got sick of it in '98. It was every. And then you know you know what song is bad and is overplayed when you hear like a techno trance remix of the song. No, what bugged me more than that was when they would play on the radio and during the instrumental break they would throw in dialogue from the movie. I was like, oh, this is so awful. <laughs> this is so bad. Like, why? Why just let it go? That's crazy. Die. So, have you ever seen a Revolutionary Road? That's one that I I've told Leo and Kate are really good, but it's a very hard watch. It's a very hard watch. It's good, but we always joke that that's what would happen if Jack and Rose, like if they if he lived and they both survived, <laughs> like that is what would happen in their relationship. So like, oh, a uh, a writer <laughs> director named Shan- Shane Van Dyke actually made Titanic too. I did. I saw it on Netflix. It yeah. was terrible. <laughs> it was bad. I, I actually do remember seeing this. Lewis, I think that should be your next bad. Video. It might be just uh, in honor of guys. I might I might put it. Do it. Watch it. Let yeah. me know what you think. It's some of the worst. What did you say? I was like looking up Anthony Hopkins. And he's seventy nine. Yeah, I mean Al Pacino's really old too, and I was like, Oh, oh my god, I get, I get scared that some of these actors get like nah, old. Al Pacino, Al Pacino can never die. So like every year, like Morgan Freeman gets older. I was like, Oh my god, we're getting so nah, close to losing him. What are you talking? about? <laughs> Morgan Freeman's looked the same for like fifty years now. What are you talking? About? Morgan Freeman is fine oh, because he is God. I think I he might cry when Morgan Freeman dies. <laughs> when Al Pacino dies, I'm gonna like. 
It's going to be, I'm going to have candles lit and shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least Morgan Freeman's still putting out, like, quality work. Man, I, that's a, I love Morgan. I think Morgan's one of the most consistent actors out there. He still drops some <laughs> great stuff. He's consistently wise. <laughs> Seriously. You know what's funny? Um, I don't think it's in any of our top, it's definitely not in my top three, but you know what's one that we miss, a villain, Mr. Glass. Uh, oh, yeah, he's a good villain. I would probably mention him as an honorable mention if yeah, I He almost ain't my list. I should have mentioned him as honorable mention, yeah. But my num my number three actually stays in the horror genre, and I, I guys is, might destroy me on this. But my number three is Norman Bates. Okay. Oh, he, it's good. I'm glad we it's good. It's good. It's he, good. He didn't make my list. What? Nor oh yeah, he Norman didn't Bates didn't make your list. Oh. Ah. Oh. Yeah. In the words of Gaius. No, what? But that's kind of one of the ones that I I I. I didn't remember, and then when I did remember, I was like, mm. eh. "Yeah, what do you mean?" Eh? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Norman ah. Bates is, oh my, the old. No, the, I get the, I, I, I get the argument. I should have put him on my list. It's but. one of those performances. I think to me, and we're we're gonna eventually get to around Oscar time our top ten performances of all time. Uh huh. And Anthony Perkins is on my list. Okay. Like Norman, he brings. A kindness to Norman Bates, and at the same time, a psychotic animal to Norman Bates. Like you, you go the and first. Like, he does it like in the same scene sometimes too. He like switches like completely. Like he'll be like completely nice and unassuming, and then like just switches. You like know what? That. You know what scene I love in Psycho that I guess, and they did in Norman Bates, which and I mean in Norman Bates and Bates Motel that I absolutely love is that scene when he's talking to uh Ar Arbogast. The yeah, PI, yeah. and then Hitchcock has like he has this, you know, like you said, like this, you know, boy from home, nice guy, and then once the PI catches him in a lie, you see Hitchcock change the way he's shooting Norman, and it's more of an over the top shooting, and you see Norman's me mentality just change, and his performance just changes up. My God, Norman, I mean, I know a lot of people think you know they love Freddie Highmore, but. Anthony per Perkins. That, scene, that, that scene's great too. Like I always is... like, I forget the exact dialogue in that scene, but when like where he's basically like, oh, like too many got him over on me, but he most certainly didn't get over on my on my mother. Like yes. just the way he says it, and it's just like you're like, oh, like it, it's not even like really forceful, but it's like he he's so unassuming at first, and then that like the way he delivers that line. And like, I love that right away when he says it, you see on his face like, fuck, I shouldn't have said that. Like fuck, I like, should have said yeah. that. <laughs> he catches himself, which is. A absolutely fantastic so i mean there's a reason he's my number three i can say that the my top three is one a one b one c because either one of them could be number one on any given occasion yeah and he like kind of like uh it's also too they i mean they also did it on the show and they had a lot they had a, you know a longer time to do this but he's also kind of sympathetic he kind of feel sorry for him you, like you, i don't think you, there's you, one i don't know if you feel the same way from base motel i don't think there's one moment on that show that you ever really hate him no, like he does some messed up stuff, but like you're just like the entire time you're like, God, this isn't really his fault though. There's like, I mean, there's like a lot that happened to him, and like this is like you, he does like really crazy things, and like you know, I mean, it's pretty murder too. But like it's, after he's done doing it, there's this whole like, like something that comes over him where he can't believe what he just did, and it's just like, and you just you do feel bad for him even when he does stuff like that, because you know it's not entirely his fault. I totally am with you. You got to get on Base Motel. I do. And so does Jen. I've been telling Jen to watch Base Motel for the 
last since I started you didn't watching watch it. Video the entire time you were watching. <laughs> I've been telling you to watch Golden Girls. I That's and I started totally different. Uh, and I started <laughs> to watch it. I yeah, I was watching Base Motel by myself the whole time. That's a hard, that's a hard argument. Like, all right, I'll watch Base Motel. You watch Golden Girls. No, because like I told him, he gave me a show. I gave him a show, and he started it. But then he started on an Office rerun again. Yeah, I'm, I'm rewatching. I'm binging on The Office right now to rewatch it's it. A great show to rewatch. So funny. It's such a great uh, show. You know how I'm supposed to be watching Breaking Bad. Yeah. Remember when I joked said I was gonna rewatch Gossip Girl, and then remember when we oh realized I probably wasn't a joke. You started. You started rewatching <laughs> Gossip Girl. I'm looking for plot holes to see if it makes sense that he. There's so was... many plot holes on that show. <laughs> you can have you. What season are you on right now? If uh, I'm still in season one. Oh, then I can't even ask these questions yet. So. Speaking of Steve Carell, I'm like I'm looking at it. I'm like it just it doesn't make sense. He can't be Gossip Girl. That's stupid. Yeah, is no. Steve Carell in your top ten villains? <laughs> yes, number one. <laughs> is Gru no, but, on your uh, list? Uh, the well, I mean, like Foxcatcher, he was pretty creepy in that. He was, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the movie I saw yesterday with my daughter, uh, actually made my Disney love. Actually, you guys still haven't seen it yet. It's Alexander and the Bad Terrible. Uh, good oh yeah, we were. I never heard of it. You like gave out this long saw, ass movie I saw, title. I, I, saw, it, I that? saw it again yesterday. That movie, you guys gotta watch it. That movie's hysterical. Who else is in that besides him? Uh, Jennifer Garner. Uh, oh, she would be in the movie like that. She's always <laughs> in movies like that. <laughs> Remember uh, when Jennifer Garner was like kind of hot and she was like a badass, and then now she just plays moms all the time. <laughs> and does she like, does she's religious still hot movies enough too. to not play a mom? Like she can still like get it, and I understand why she's just always playing moms. In no, she, now. She, she's in full on mom mode in this movie. She looks like a mom in this movie. Uh, everything she's in lately. We are Wait, a long a way from action? Like Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. Did you just mention bring up Electra on the day we celebrate? celebrate was on, the best thing about Daredevil? No, on she the was, day we're celebrating Wonder Woman, you bring up Electra. Well, no, I'm not bringing up the solo movie. I'm bringing up <laughs> her role in Daredevil. She was the best thing about Daredevil, even though Daredevil's not good. But mm, she was, I say Bullseye was the best thing about Daredevil. Yeah, I kind of like Bullseye in that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of shut down your was like drinking and doing a lot of drugs, and you can tell when you watch it. Yeah, you could. But all right, what about did you watch Alias when that was on? No, I actually didn't. That's a good show too. Like she used to be a badass. I don't know what happened. It now she's just in... It's funny that you mentioned that because it's like you're right. She was all over the place in like the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. She was like she was it, and what she was she, made um... to be a kick ass woman. And now she got married. And she got married to Ben Affleck. I was like. I'm gonna play moms in all my movies now. Poor Ben Affleck. I'm gonna pick that like Alexander and the terrible. No, wrong not type poor Ben Affleck. <laughs> ben Affleck ruins it. He ruins things he touched. Ah, J Lo ruined him though. Damn. He ruined her. Ben We're going on a weird web. <laughs> no, J Lo definitely ruined him. Like she got out of that completely unscathed. That will, Benifer will not be something Jen says that's so good to. I mean, no, have you, I mean, have you ever seen Gigli? his current Jennifer though? Benifer 2.0. The worst thing about Gili for me is is that Al Pacino is Al Pacino in Gili. <laughs> it's I've Gili actually so I've never Gili, no I've never the only good thing I can say about it. I've never seen Gili, but I just know Al Pacino's in it. And it's crazy because I've seen some really bad Al Pacino movies. I saw Simone. I don't know if you ever I've seen Simone. Heard of Simone. Simone. That's what, I, I saw Simone. You liked it? It's not like dreadful. Like he, he was, like a, he like was a, in that freaking Jack and Jill movie, wasn't he? With Adam Sandler. Oh, but that's he like was, yeah, it was, oh my god. But to, to his defense, he has made a good movie in the last, like, two years. Because Danny Collins is great. I love Danny Collins. 
What was that good. movie he was with? It was a surprisingly good movie. He was Jennifer Garner was a mom in that, too. Oh, there you go. She was. I see, she's just a mom now. Like, God, can they the just remake with, Alien? With throw the her back on there? With the number 50? What was that? That one? movie is terrible. Nah, Righteous good, Kill? I like that one. Righteous Kill was garbage. <laughs> nah, that was Straight garbage. And in my yeah, you can only you can only recapture that that heat moment even just once. And yeah, like, it, they, it, we was got it. it was definitely a heat knockoff. <laughs> yeah, we and, got it with heat, and I will never, we'll never crazy, get it we'll again. Never, well, no, Scorsese's making a movie with him. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So that, that that it wouldn't wouldn't it be ironic if like they went and they get they get brought back to you know to the limelight with this like a Scorsese movie? All these old men just like take over the Oscars when like they're know, trying to, be, when they're trying cool. to it when like the their, Oscars, it could be like their last hurrah when they're trying to push like this youth movement now with the Academy and like we have a movie d- directed by. Scorsese uh, is, is in his eighties now. In that nine lives movie with the talking cat. Yes, <laughs> it was. Oh god! And I think she plays a mom in that too. She plays a mom. She plays a mom in that. She plays a mom in Miracles from Heaven. How about next week's <laughs> top ten? Top ten Jennifer Garner mom not, moments. I'll, I'll be absent. You can actually. They're they're probably the odd life of Timothy Green. I think she was a mom in that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You know what's funny? We have the wait. We have the Alicia Silverstone in that. Diary of Wimper Kiss, she's the mom. That would have been a perfect Jennifer Garner movie. She... Garner, yeah, yeah. I swear, whenever they need a mom, they're like, let's call it Jennifer Garner. My favorite non mom Jennifer Garner movie is 13 Going on 30. Yeah, that's my favorite. It's Jennifer a funny movie. I like, I like I used to kind of not like it because I was like, oh, this is a ripoff of Big. Like, screw this movie. And then like, I would watch it again. And I'm like, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's good. so good. And that's where I fell in love with Mark Ruffalo. Oh, yeah, he's in that. I I'll try to look of, up a good Jennifer funny, Garner. It's funny you mentioned him big. <laughs> I know this is straight off topic, but um, I love in the office of Michael Scott uses like the picture of big for all his examples. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And it never, it never has anything to do with what what he's discussing. And who directed By the way, big? If you want to, if you want to look up a questionable filmography, look up Jennifer Garner's because it's all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> she's been in everything. She's, man. Been in some, she's been in some hot messes. You know she's been in a lot of good stuff too, who? like Juno. Apparently, Jen wants to let us know who directed Big. Who directed Big? Kenny Marshall. Female oh, director. Yeah. Yay, women. <laughs> <laughs> so, as we move on with wait, our wait, list. Guys, guys, have you seen Yay, The Office? Women. <laughs> guys, have you seen The Office? Yeah, I've seen The Office. I didn't, I didn't watch it like ten office moments. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch I it like this but I did. I was I, more I of a 30 Rock fan. Oh, watching no, that office was way better. I was oh, in re- rewatching The Office. I, there are things in that first season that would never work today. Yeah. Yeah. Like the diversity episode would never work today. I don't know if you remember that too well. It's right. I do remember that actually. Yeah, it probably yeah, wouldn't. So, <laughs> and all that, like the story, the um, uh, the stereotyping by Michael Scott in the basketball episode would not work today fast shaming on phyllis yeah like he's crazy that that wasn't that long ago it's funny how like and it's like, funny yeah it's only a 10 the show started in about 04 or 05 and we're only 13 years removed from that and it's like the world has changed so much and even that that episode with uh where he where oscar comes out it was uh, breakthrough at that time but it now was. it seems like it wouldn't work with all it's so pc yeah there's so many pc issues with that but uh moving on on our list my number three is Norman Bates. Lou, what's your number three? Darth Vader. Oh wait, wait. I knew we were gonna Come get on, this reaction. It's three. I knew we were gonna get the reaction. I knew it's it. still uh, it's no, still top. You know what's funny though? Like, I think he'll agree with my number one and two. Well, I think like I, I think I anything know. in the top three right now would be is fine. Like it's it's just a matter of like personal preference. Like that's okay. still high. It's still no. Okay, all right. Okay. 
I will. I will, I will hold my Vader thoughts, obviously. There you go. But uh, uh I, wish, I wish my friend was on this because he said that only one of those movies makes him a good villain, and like, because he's like, he's like, I don't really get uh, feel a threat from him, and like, A New Hope or Return of the Jedi. But he was like, in the Empire Strikes Back, the only time that like I felt like he was threatening at all, and I was like, all right, you have to view him as a whole. I but just, whatever. I, just, <laughs> I, I would disagree. disagree. New Hope was definitely threatening. He was just choking people left and right. Like anyone that disagreed with him in New Hope, he's like, <laughs> anyone that like. Well, but sir, like, oh, nope, I don't, yeah, <laughs> you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love that scene in New Hope when he's like, your old ways of the Force or whatever, your yes. old Lord Vader, and then Vader's like, excuse me? Boom, <laughs> done. <Dead. laughs> but no, I would definitely have a little fear in him. In, in yeah, that. no, he just, the iconic breathing as he enters the room just gives off that, that aura of just like, some something's about to happen to us and it's not going to be good. Uh, his costume is iconic it's like you know if you want to look like a badass bad guy wear that can't get any better than that uh i know dave has a lot more to say and yeah i'll, I'll, hold, on, I'll hold off on i'll see it in his face <laughs> all right g what's your number three all right my number three is Avengers version of the Joker. Nope. Wow. You That's... need to kick rocks. So, 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 so my... you are it killing. Was, it was so, so, guys, we're having a David's biggest hey, reaction I, I will tell you right now, competition right now. <laughs> my top three kept switching. I kept switching them out. Like it, but it's like they all could be number one. Because, you know, they all can't be. <laughs> so, you just tore his heart out of stuff. I'll let, well, I, I I actually, will comment. I'll, I'll let you comment. argue why. He, what's wrong with him being number three? Like He's still in a respectable I, number. I will comment on that later. <laughs> <laughs> I can't comment on that right now. Well, go on. What, what was it, number three? But for all the reasons that we've already mentioned, it's an iconic performance. It's uh, my favorite version of the Joker. I will even give it more. I mean, I know it's like a matter of taste, but like I probably look to that version of the Joker more than like Jack Nicholson's version of the Joker, even though that's really good too. Uh, but um, I don't know, like all the little like ticks and stuff that Heath Ledger came up with, like like little things that he did. To kind of bring that character to life, like you can tell that he did on his own, that wasn't really like written for him, is what makes that character so good. Like Heath Ledger put his all into that part, uh, gave his life for it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so I I originally got that impression, like when I you know when he died, and then I watched that documentary, and I didn't really get that impression. And I when definitely I definitely want to talk to you about that because I saw you saw it, but when I get to that particular, when it, wherever it falls on my top two, I'll. You know, we'll discuss it because I think it's a All good right. documentary, but I really expected a lot more from it. That I don't was know. really good. I thought I don't know. I guess I was a little underwhelmed by it. I thought it was you know it was good, but I I don't know. I just expected with the subject that they had, it could have done a lot more. So I guess I mean, but I mean, I learned a lot about him that I didn't know. I had no idea he was nearly as creative as he was. Like, I didn't know he directed stuff. I had no idea he had aspirations like that. I think if he would have lived, I think we be talking to someone about someone that will have at least three or four Oscars. He was so talented. Yeah. But like my yeah. my number two is Darth Vader. There you go. So the reason, <laughs> So the reason my number two is Darth Vader is because I was going back and forth with the Joker and Darth Vader for days. I was like, I love both of them. However, if we're looking the way I did this is I looked at the whole picture. Uh-huh. And for the most part, for for his youth and teenage years, Anakin Skywalker is a good good guy. Yeah. You know, he's trying to do good. 
there is no villainous villainous traits in him until you really see it towards when you know he starts hating sand and shit. And uh, <laughs> he, can't get his way. he just can't get his way all the time. So off. then we also go to Return of the Jedi, where he does eventually save his son, and he turns good. Yeah. So for those reasons, is why he's my number two, and we know where number one is. So I do disagree with your friend that said that in New Hope he's not villainous. And he, you know, he doesn't. He's, like any, if if I'm walking down the street and some guy in that suit comes my way, I'm crossing the street. Yeah. And on top of that, and on top of that, just the all the things he does to anyone that disobeys him. The only one in that movie which I still in New Hope, I'm like, yeah, and I think they could have, they kind of like, they, um, to be very blunt, they pussied him out. Was that Tarkin always bullied him? I felt like yeah. Tarkin would do whatever he wants, and like he pretty much could talk down to Vader, and Vader would never be like <sighs> choke. He would never force choke him or anything like that. That's my little complaint with with him and New Hope and Empire. We've you know he was great in Empire, and then we get Ow, to re- we get to the Return <laughs> of the Jedi where he's like, all right, before he turned good, he's willing to kill his son yep. and take his sister to join the dark side. So in my head, I'm like, that's a villainous as a gay. You're gonna kill your son and then you, you know turn your daughter bad. Yeah. So Vader is my number two for that reason and. What is your number two? My number two is Emperor Palpatine. Oh, that's good. That's a surprising one. There you go. That's uh, good though. I, he that's was he was way more evil than Vader. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. He well, was never, pulling never... the strings. He was pulling the strings for sure. I mean, I I actually I think that's a very inspired choice. I like it. I like that. The yeah. only, I guess my only thing is, is he never did anything himself. He yeah, always had people do it for him. Yeah, but he was very. That's good. how badass he, he is. Yeah, he was a very good manipulator. <laughs> yeah. The well, manipulator, a, ultimate manipulator. He, he almost got he almost got Luke to turn to the dark side. Uh, he got Vader to join the dark side until you know he turned good again. But he knows how to get his way, even though he doesn't physically do anything to the person. He never really does. He ever? It's funny because he fights three times in the franchise. Yeah, and he never wins. No, well, he's no, really, he yeah, he's not a physically yeah. imposing it's just character. Like, he's he's all it's he's, all manipulation. Of all the villains we've mentioned, I think he's probably one of the most intelligent ones. Probably the yeah. most intelligent. Him and Hannibal Lecter. Probably Him and Hannibal, yeah. Was the right one. Yeah, just behind the scenes, pulling strings and making yeah. it look like he's a good guy, but he's not. <laughs> yeah, just the way he fooled the Jedi. Like, Jedi would know. He, he fooled all of them. I like. I think it's crazy, like, watching... Like, that was the interesting thing about watching the prequels. It's like, watching him was interesting. Even, even in the ones I didn't like, like, like I didn't really like Ten Minutes or Attack of the Clones, but he was always interesting to watch. Just knowing what that character was going to be and watching him manipulate and, like, turn things around and, like, Watching him slowly, like, kind of like get stuff started was interesting to watch. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, that's a good, very good pick, Lou. I did not see that coming. Told you you like it. All right, G, tell us why Norman Bates is your number two. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> he is my number two. <laughs> thanks for the segue. <laughs> He's number two for all the reasons that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's just that. And then we you talked about like the top 10 performances that we're going to do later on and like he uh, i don't know if he's like my number one but he's up there it's pretty high he's in like, my I think he any, is any probably in my perkins for me i don't know right now like, like if i would just just throw in a top four he's in my top four performances of all time like it's crazy to me that like he didn't get he didn't even get an oscar nomination for it like it's just 
and she, Janet Lee got her nomination, which I guess is fine. Like she's not bad in the movie. Like she's good enough. I guess but because I, she was a bigger name. Yeah, I was just like, but why, every time I watch him, I like I just see something new every time I watch it, and it's like, is this a really interesting performance? And like, and just knowing like just in real life too that like like one of his best performances though, like basically typecast him. It was hard for him to really get substantial work like that he really wanted after that because everyone just but that's how good he was everyone saw him as that now yeah and like you know it was hard for him to really like and then he get. turned psycho into a fucking franchise yep yeah and then like and yo and psycho 2 is not anywhere near as good as psycho but it's interesting it's, in its own way like yeah, it's and, a pretty good movie and like it's you know he's actually good that too. i think the only one that's blatantly garbage is uh the fourth one Oh, the fourth one was bad. So I think was I think that was originally a TV movie. It's supposed to be a TV movie, yeah. Yeah, so you can see where the bad one because '90s TV movies are ninety five percent. What do we What do we place uh, American Psycho with Mila Kunis? Wait, oh, the second one. <laughs> Wait, Mila Kunis was the villain. Was the villain in in, in American Psycho too? Yeah, yeah. yeah she's all sh- over the poster, dude. Do they make, Do they mention Bateman at all? I don't. Remember. I can't I remember. I, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm yeah. kind of mad. We didn't pick him. Yeah, like, yeah, I didn't I didn't, pick... I'm, I'm mad too. That probably would you put that at? I mean, Bale won for the fighter, and he was great in that. But would you put that as one of your favorite Christian Bale performances? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he plays. He plays the like yuppie like thing really well. Like the, the way he, the thing that he the way he bounces around that performance is just crazy to me. Like and, he's so good. And it's I never noticed it until like when I saw it like a year ago. Jared Leto's in that movie. Oh, yep. Yeah. He is, yeah. So, is that kind of? I think that's kind of around the time. Like, when did he take the break to like be in that band, the Thirty Seconds to Mars? You know, like, you you know that's on your playlist at work. I do not. I do not like Thirty Seconds. <laughs> <laughs> now, My Chemical Romance is on our playlist at work. My Chemical oh. Romance is fine. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, not, not the people I work with. They get mad when it comes. On. <laughs> All right, so we get to our number one, and uh, uh, me, me and David couldn't pick it, so we got to see them. I'm pretty sure. The Joker? Yeah. Yeah. So my number one is not just Heath Ledger's Joker, it's yeah, the it's character itself. Joker, yeah. So the Joker's never been good in his life in the comics and anything. There's nothing good he's ever done. So like that's where I differentiated with him and Vader. Um but if I'm picking a specific time the Joker's been on screen, obviously Ledger. Um but yeah, like I've always felt like the Joker's been like a multiple multiple choice type of character you you know you can pick your pick and choose whichever you want you want mark hamill you get mark a different type of joker you want nicholson you get a different type and then ledger and leto um there's so many things within the joker's 75 plus year history that is something that you can look at you have the killing joke you have him killing jason todd you have all his acts in the dark knight you have all the things he did in the animated series there's always you just there is never one, I mean, there's never one person that you can talk to that will probably have the same top Joker moment. There's always so many different exactly. moments you can choose from, and to me, he is the definition of not just movie villain, but TV villain and animated series villain. Mm-hmm. He's just, you know, spews villain to me. So that's why one of the main reason that he hits my number one. Yeah, it's not just my love for Ledger. There's more to it. No, he's definitely the epitome of what a villain is. Like he. Perfectly compliments Batman as far as Batman not wanting to kill and Joker keeps wanting to. Break it's like that, that perfect line, like in the Dark Knight, where they're in the interrogation room, yeah. and then the Joker's like, "I won't kill you, like you complete me." 
Exactly. Like, he could take down anyone he wants, but he'll never kill Batman because it's a yin to his yang. He likes, he likes the chaos. The perfect hero and villain relationship. It's kind of like in um, the animated series, the Christmas episode. I don't know if you remember that episode from the animated series. I do remember that one. So he kind of, like, just wants to torture Batman. He kidnaps Robin. No, was it he kidnaps Robin? He kidnaps uh, people close to him. And he just wants to ruin Bruce Wayne, not Bruce Wayne, but Batman's Christmas. Christmas. And it has nothing to do with killing him. He doesn't want to kill him. He just wants to ruin his night. Yeah, he just wants to fuck with you. And that just shows, like, how good that character is. So, I mean, I could talk about the Joker for hours. Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, any... And he has the and, and he has the best um sidekick out Harley. of anybody because mm. I'll take Harley Quinn over Robin any day. Best sidekick of anybody. That's a debate we're gonna come back to. No, no, better than Pretty Luigi. Solid I'll, I'll take Harley Quinn over Luigi. Luigi, I'll take <laughs> Luigi into the hat. <laughs> I'll take Harley Quinn over Robin. I'll take. Uh, you can't I, trust her though. Depends on Robin. <laughs> no, here's my thing with the Joker. Harley Quinn relationship. It's never she he can a hundred percent trust Harley Quinn. It's that he doesn't really love her. Exactly. So that's that's the that's the that's what I didn't like in Suicide Squad that in the deleted scene I I watched the extended cut and there's a scene that is probably the strongest scene in the film where she's basically professing his love her love for him. Yeah. And he's like, No, like I don't love you. That was like right before they went to the chemical plant, right? Yeah. And it kind of makes that scene with the chemical plant make fit much better because yeah. you know where they happens before then. So, and then he's like, he basically is, there's a truck driver that comes out and he's like, control your bitch or whatever. And Harley just shoots him in the head. And I'm like, and that just basically is like, yo, I'll do anything for you. Exactly. So in retrospect, I think actually you can trust Harley Quinn a hundred percent if you're the Joker. So that makes her like the, the like the perfect sidekick. You never know. Look at look at Jason Todd. What happens with Jason Todd? He turns into the Red Hood, and yeah. that was Robin. So you can't trust Robin's one hundred percent. Yeah, but then the other Robin turned into Nightwing. Yeah, but Harley Quinn is always loyal to her guy. I know. It's an argument we're gonna come back to. Absolutely. I mean, we could talk about this for hours. Harley so. Quinn, the top sidekick. Let's, let's that. I think she. All right, maybe she may not be the top, but she's close to my top. So huh? she's kind of quiet over there. On the on the Harley I'm, Quinn thing. I'm trying to think of other psychics, though. Here's my thing about Luigi. <laughs> well, here we're going to go. Really gonna go to Luigi. Yeah, I am going to go about Luigi. Go. Actually, as a matter of fact, I think, like, player Luigi, two as Luigi. Let's play, go. <laughs> listen, player two as Luigi. In retrospect, like, Luigi really doesn't do anything in the entire entire game unless you have a friend next to you that wants to play as Luigi. Yep. And Mario always goes first and does the whole mission. So yep. Luigi's actually a garbage sidekick because he really doesn't do anything unless you, like, die. Yeah. Uh, and, what about uh, what and, about and, Tails from Sonic the Hedgehog? Fuck. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. god. <laughs> Tails is probably the worst sidekick in video game history. Like you, pl- if you if you play Sonic two, Tails never moves with you. That guy will die. You will die because of Tails. Like every time you play the game. But sometimes if you plan like your jumps just right, like Tails will hit something too while you're also attacking things. Never hits it's anything. I never <laughs> hit anything with Tails. <laughs> Let me throw a bad, bad video game character in there instead of bunch. I, no, don't give me that face. I'm not. Warning, I just want to throw in a bad name. Diddy Kong. <laughs> There's a, I mean, he has his own game. <laughs> <He> has his <laughs> own name. I don't know if it's any good, but. Bad. 
Yeah, and you could actually play as Tails and win the game too. Like you could, you didn't have to pick Sonic. You could just pick, you could pick right. Tails and win. Real t- complete real talk here. Have you ever beat Sonic the Hedgehog Part Two with fucking Tails? I can't remember. It's been a long time. <laughs> like I, I have a, I have a Retron Five, and I have Sonic, and I have all these NES, uh, uh, Genesis, Super Nintendo games, and I played Sonic too. I, I, when I was six or seven years old, and now that I'm thirty, thirty one, I have never played. As Tails. Shout out to Tails. Did I even try? Did I say, did you ever try? No, because he kills me all the time when I'm Sonic. What makes me think he's going to do a good job on his own? So, yeah, Luigi. Did you play with Knuckles, though? You probably were a Knuckles guy. No, no, no. no, I don't like Knuckles. (laughs) He can do everything, too. That's what made him great. It's funny that, like, we're talking sidekicks and all that stuff. And um, we're talking about Luigi. It's funny that in the movie, the Super Mario Brothers movie, Luigi's kind of the main character and not Mario. Yeah. Because yeah. in the movie, that he's the one that gets the princess, not. That should, I'm surprised true. that didn't make my guilty pleasure list. I actually. Because that movie is that beyond bad, a guilty yeah. pleasure. <laughs> There's nothing redeemable about it. <laughs> no pleasure in it. I mean, I think a it's Puerto so Rican bad. playing an Italian is kind of a redeeming quality, right? Oh, John, look at John Leguizamo. <laughs> yeah. So. It it's is so what bad. it is. I mean, Jen's telling me that, um, but an Italian plays a Cuban in Scarface. True. But does it very well. A, no. black, a black dude plays a Dominican in uh, 21 Jump Street. Who? Ray Davis. Oh, shit. Dominican backer gang randomly at the end. That's funny. I didn't <laughs> think of that. But yeah, that's going back to our topic. That's why Joker is my number one and Harley Quinn is a great psychic. Same here. And uh, we'll see about all right, <laughs> tell us why your number one is Darth Vader. <laughs> Sucks when it's easy to call. You guys already covered everything about him pretty much. Uh, I don't agree with my friend. I think it's the whole scope of that character is what makes him a good villain. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that you have to look at him as a whole scope. You can't look at him as just like... Now, now he does. He is does, does some evil shit in Empire Strikes Back. I will say that. And he but he, you know, this is someone that has like a arc that you know you have to watch from the beginning in order to fully understand why he is the way he is. And like, you know, I, I don't think one film kind of. I'll never, that. I'll never like. I like Revenge of the Sith, but I'm, I'll never be okay with how quickly he turned. Like, he, I mean, it was a gradual thing. He, no, I mean, I'm talking about that exact scene. Like, he's there to arrest him, but like, he's like. One second later, when uh, Mace Windu is killing him, he's like, "Nah, man, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna like join the Sith." So that's why I'm, I don't know. I guess that's my. If I have a glaring issue, it'll probably be that. But um, no, yeah, you can't go wrong with either Vader or Palpatine in your case, or the Joker or Norman Bates. I think those villains stand have really stood the test of time and oh, yeah, well, completely. As even when we're long and gone, I think people will still be talking about Norman Bates and the Joker and, and Darth Vader and Star Wars. Man, when we're long gone, I think they'll still be making Star Wars movies. Think? Yeah. Oh god. They're gonna reboot New Hope soon? Yeah. Um, you never know. It would have shocked me. They, Not anytime soon. It'll I'm probably calling, be like in sixty years or something. No, I'm calling it ten years and they'll reboot New Hope. No, they won't. There's two There's certain movies that I'm surprised that they haven't tried to remake. Like there's certain ones where I'm just like, I'm so surprised no one's touched it. Like I like this is like a random example, but I've always thought, and I don't think they should. And I, 
I know that the CW wanted to make a TV show, but I'm really surprised that no one has touched the Lost Boys. Like, I feel like someone could have remade Lost that. Boys, you understand? And like, because the Lost, the Lost Boys is campy for its time. Yeah, yeah I love and the I Lost think Boys. But... I can just see some studio execs being like, oh, we can, like, cast. It's like fresh young cast in this movie. Like, I, I'm surprised they haven't done that. Do you like, um, I guess we're getting into this Lost Boys topic real quick. Do you like that cast? Because I, oh, I, yeah, I think they're good. I mean, Kiefer Sutherland is great as David, and then Jason Patrick is fine. I guess it just it's. I mean, it's he's spew- supposed to be kind of vanilla. He's not supposed to be anyone like you know. It spews eighties. So yeah, ah, Jamie Jamie Gertz was so hot in eighties. I don't know what happened, but she was so hot in eighties. I think we need to. I think this might be a good topic for us to discuss next week. Our top ten best <laughs> and worst remakes. I thought I was gonna say wait, how hot Jamie Gertz used to be. <laughs> best and worst remakes. So we're having two top tens. Yeah, we could okay. we could run through it quick. I think I think we're gonna get a lot of like teen remakes from guys next week. Yeah, man, maybe. <laughs> if they ever remake Boys in the Hood, I'm definitely going to the theater with guys to see. It. I want to go with guys and your friend. I'm going to yeah. take the trip to Cali for the premiere, <laughs> and we're going to see all. We're all going to see Boys in the Hood together, and then she can meet Lewis, and she can see all. Wait, wait. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to stare at her when Ricky dies. <laughs> I'm like, she's probably looking at me like, why aren't you crying? <laughs> 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 and like she's like in like full on tears and she's looking at you she's like and you're like straight just straight shot looking at the movie and she's like you don't feel the same way I feel you have no feeling you heartless asshole like you obviously love in the hood and you're like Hermosa Beach is just the same as Compton, Compton. <laughs> yeah, our constant drive by <laughs> Oh, Nothing man. happens. If people leave their doors unlocked here, which I think is silly, but like they leave their doors unlocked. Oh man! So coming this week on the web on the site, um, guys, it will also had his review to Wonder Woman. I posted my review earlier on Friday, so I'm definitely looking forward to what guys decides to give Wonder Woman. We will also be covering next week the Mummy, and guys is going to take a little horror movie that I think might, you know, shake some heads. In terms of the box office, it might get some uh, a surprise amount of money. I think Joe Egerton I think did so. what I mean. Joe, look at the gift, what he did with that. So oh, that movie's movie. so good, so good. That movie's totally so so good. You. Have you seen the? And gift? I, I, I have seen talk about for a little bit, like Jason uh, Bateman. Uh, that guy, like I know he's known mostly for being funny, but he always surprises me when he's in a serious role and like kills it. You like I'm what? always thrown, like when he's like really serious and in reality if you watch that movie jason bateman is the bad guy in that movie oh yeah, yeah, he's, yeah he's, totally. he's a complete dick in that yeah. movie but then like uh his reaction when he's watching that that, that tape uh towards the end of the movie like oh it's just so good I that movie's really good. i think egerton job. has a great future with directing yeah and, well, yeah i hope it's one? not one of those things because sometimes when horror movies get really good reviews like it's like when critics embrace certain horror movies Sometimes fans will go see stuff like that, expecting it to be great, and then they don't think it's that great, and they like don't the, do that well. Like the witch, the witch is a, a example of that. Because I I thought the witch was very well made, but I I personally don't think I'd ever watch it again. It's a good, well made movie. It's, a good, it's I, well I made, yeah. And it's just like critics seem to like like those like prestige horror films, and then like you know, and it seems like kids want to go see like stuff like Bye Bye Man instead. Oh, Bye Bye Man is so, terrible. <laughs> and I finally watched it. Bye Bye Man is my number one worst movie of the year so far it made some money though 
I would trust anything. You know, we, we get those horror movies with the, from the creators of Paranormal and Insidious. Those people, I would trust them. No, because I think even when you say the creators of Insidious, it might not give you a good movie. I mean, I haven't had a bad one yet. Insidious, Insidious 2 is not good, I, mean, I like think. Insidious 2. Oh, Insidious 2 is awful, but I, the first one's so good. It just doesn't make sense, Insidious 2. Like, when, like oh, towards that right. end, when he's like, I don't know, it's, it's just a whole topic that we can get into. a horror movie to make sense? Yeah, Halloween. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't go into horror. Hell, movies. even the strangers. No, nah, man. If I, I, I see. I can't disrespect the genre, but not being hard on if it making sense. The movie has to make sense to me. Like Halloween makes perfect sense to me. So I mean, a great horror movie always makes sense. But yeah, uh, well, my friend would argue that Halloween doesn't make sense because like they're like they need to explain like like it, it just the, the the function of the first movie. They're like it makes no sense that he can just get up and like walk away after being shot several times. And I was like, well. John Carpenter was trying to say this. She's like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense, though. <laughs> I was like, fine, whatever. Well, the yeah, sense, like, yeah, the it's more, meaning. I mean, it's a more sense of evil. Evil, no matter how many times you knock it down, evil will consistently be around. And I think, yeah, and I explained that, and they're always like, yeah, but isn't he supposed to be human? And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of is, though. Uh, it is. And they're like, it doesn't make any sense. She's like, it's scary for sure. Makes no sense. <laughs> awesome. So <laughs> this week, we'll, we'll cover, like we said, we'll cover the mummy. It comes at night. And we might, depending, throw a little TBT on Brendan Fraser's The Mummy this week as well. Mm. <laughs> you seem, the, you seem glorious, <laughs> the glorious The Mummy. Man, those, the first two were all right. The, I know, I, I find. The, the Rock's acting debut came from that. The Scorpion King, I forgot. And he was in The Mummy Returns. The yeah. Terrible CGI Scorpion King. Oh, no. I never, and I, I, I did not think he would have like a film career right now. Boy, were you wrong. I, yeah, I was. We were all I, wrong. I, we were all wrong. I didn't know anyone coming from wrestling. We were like, I don't hey! know. Hey! I'm saying that. Like, they acted there was on something basis. on there that was like, yeah, he's going to be a good. Have you not seen No Holds Barred? Is that something to do with wrestling? Dude, you've never seen No Holds Barred? Is Buffy in it? <laughs> Is Buffy in it? <laughs> Holy shit. Question of the day right there. Dude, No Holds oh. Barred is the worst. Probably the one of the worst movies of the eighties. Like, there's a Hulk Hogan line where he's like beating some Hulk Hogan's in obviously, and he's beating the shit out of some guy, and then it's, he starts smelling. He's like, "Is that Dookie?" No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, gotta love the eighties. So yeah, I get, give it a shot, man. You'll probably like it. Wasn't he a suburban commando? Yes, Hulk he Hogan? was. I don't like oh, Hulk okay. Hogan. I hate Hulk Hogan. So I have been. And so three, there was the, my point was there was no track record of like wrestlers having like. <laughs> Future in film. <laughs> Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, yeah, he was in Predator. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, well, oh, man. <laughs> Let me shut up. <laughs> but the great, great, great talking to you guys this week. So for Real Chronicles, I am David. This is Lewis. And thank you once again for Ryan for joining us today. We'll see you next week. And let's not forget a quick happy birthday to David. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. What do you want to know? <laughs> thanks, thanks, thanks. Have a great night, everybody. Have See you next one. week. Thanks for listening. You can find our show notes and more at realtalking.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Real Chronicles. Love what you hear? Leave us a review and tell your friends. If you have a topic you want us to cover, shoot us an email at realtalking at gmail.com. Until next Monday, keep it real. Oh.